right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Well, 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 y'all laughed at me, huh? Y'all laughed at me. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up live show presented by our friends at High Noon. Sally here. Hello, Pie Man. How are you? Hey, I almost sent you a message in our private chat. Like, you know, you're not you're not in frame at all. Like, I, I hope you know. Uh, just a great entrance there, Sally. Fitting of a great day of golf. Can't wait to talk about Incredible it. day of golf. Neil Schuster is, hel- is here. Hello, Mr. Neil. Yeah, I also sent a message in the private chat. Said, is he about to Collinsworth in, into his own live show? Usually, he, you Collinsworth, when you get introduced, I thought you were going to ask me to introduce you or something. I, I didn't know what you were up to. Just uh, just a little dramatic effect. That's one. That's all I got to say. Uh, we are on the board, and that is one. The No Laying Up Live show is, of course, brought to you by our friends at High Noon. It is here, the new High Noon Tequila Seltzer. It is made with real Blanco tequila and real juice. I have uh, said this all week long. Tequila is my go-to drink. High Noon is my go-to seltzer. It's a perfect marriage. I am so thrilled uh, that they've got four bright, crisp flavors. It's strawberry, it's lime, it's grapefruit, it's passion fruit. I already went through my strawberries getting through the rain delay because I really needed to pick me up. Uh, So we're on to passion fruit. I think that's number two uh, on my list. And just another great option for all you seltzer lovers out there. They're 100 calories. They're gluten-free. They got no added sugar. Uh, They have already hit shelves in a lot of places, and they're fully available nationwide by May 1st, just in time for summer. I will say also, having one outdoors in the sun, playing golf a couple weeks ago, it really does hit different. As many as I do have at home, it hits totally different in the sun. Uh, You can look for High Noon on Drizzly or at your local convenience or liquor store or visit highnoonspirits.com to find it near near you. Shout out to them for sponsoring the live shows all week long. Thanks, everyone, for sending in all your pictures of you drinking uh, High Noon while you watch the show as well. So, Can I – I'd like to make an apology. I've been dogging Black Cherry for for months – Kind of the last thing I had left in the fridge. I, I'm, I'm back. Black cherry's fine. I'm, I'm in. So there you have it. Again, this is a tequila show, not a vodka show. I appreciate the black cherry. Well, we're in the, that we're up in the I can't add lib. I can't. What is going we're on? on? We're moving on. We're moving on. I'm allowed to no. live about the vodka drink. We're moving too. on. Come on. We're moving on. John Rahm is the 2023 Masters champion uh, by a lot of shots. What it ended up being four shots. I don't even remember what it was. Spotted the field, you know, a, a, a four putt on the first hole and played out of the bad side of the draw and one by four, uh, just freaking dominant. I'm really mad that I talked my, I'm not mad I talked myself into Scotty. I'm mad I talked myself away from John uh, and the Florida swing had too much of an impact on me. But uh, what a freaking day of golf and uh, what a freaking champion in uh, authoritative fashion. Yeah, I feel like we have said for months now, he, he feels inevitable, right? And, and that's exactly how it felt starting from the first, you know, kind of two shot swing as soon as the golf fired back up this morning was just like, oh yeah, I mean the the thing everybody thinks is gonna happen is probably gonna happen. And that was John Rahman. He didn't really get pushed from anybody close to him down the stretch. And it just really, I mean, you know, we were kind of joking about it once I think once he cleared the water on 13, it was like, oh, I mean that's it's kind of it, man. Start start uh start sizing up the jacket. This is a proverbial everything becomes clear to me after the fact situation. <laughs> And when you saw the odds come out and it was Scheffler and Rory, 
And, you know, you, you almost, everybody kind of just, at least I forgot about Rom. No one's picking him among us. It, it, and that's where the value was. It's like, God, he's, he is right there with those guys. It's been a three horse race all year. And he comes in, not a lot of chatter. Like you said, it's like four putts the first screen. It's like, and then it's just off to the races. So I thought it was a fantastic day of golf. First three days was tough with the stops and starts, but it was the kind where there were like a million unlikely scenarios going on right when oh the leaders God. were making the turn. Sensory Blitzkrieg. That was sensory. I, I truly was like, uh, you know, kind of losing my mind a little bit. You got speed. It's all speed. Like, show me just more of that. And then Mickelson comes out of nowhere, clips him. And then you got who, P. Who I'm told is 52. We're going to yeah. get to Phil. We will <laughs> so get, we'll to get Phil. there. And so you're like, oh, my God, he's a leader in the clubhouse. And then you got P coming in like Jack Nicholson in The Shining, just trying to fucking chop the door down and get in there. And then you got Brooks, like the opposite of, you know, what he's known for. He's he's careening down the leaderboard. And then what happens? The number one player in the world just puts his foot down, leaves no doubt, and like cleans all that shit out. And it was a great fantastic finish like high level golf being played that's how you play with the lead it was awesome to watch the last four or five holes just him leave no doubt what uh, a lot of people have been calling for you know a couple other people to speak up if randy was here what do you think he would say it's, it's he's been a tough guy to track down this week i'm not really sure what he's been up to he might be on one of those silent retreats uh sure. but what do you think he would say if he was here i think he would say you guys have been on this block for years i was wrong you were right uh, clearly this guy's the total package. There's no weaknesses in his game. I'm stupid. Uh, you're I'm smart. Stupid. You're good looking. I'm not attractive. Uh, I think those would be some of the things I would hope he would start with, uh, and where he goes from there. It's hard to say. I don't know. I think he'd hit us with a, like a classic lefty thumbs clap and thumbs up, you know, you know, job well done to, to the butcher and let's be on our way to the next hole. Well, why don't we remove all hypothetical? Because I'm getting word from our producer that uh, Big Randy is actually sitting by and ready to ready to uh, ready to speak to the world. Hello, Mr. Randy. How are you? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on your show. <laughs> thanks for being here, big man. Track down the listener line. Uh, what uh, What do you have to say? What's your reaction to the 2023 Masters champ? Good win for him. You know, it seems like uh, it seems like certainly will be fun. Uh, no, it's. <laughs> Listen, I think it's a great win for golf. I think probably the best player in the world wins Augusta, wins the first major. Hard, hard to be silly or sarcastic about that. I, I think it's a win, a win for the game, a good one for Rom for his career, a bad one for my takes. What are your takes? What were your takes, and have they evolved? I think let's I'm, I'll give you a chance to kind of show how much you've grown. Here. I honestly, I kind of have forgotten everything I've said at this point. <laughs> I, I know it started. Here, here's the baseline. Rom, just um, his aesthetic, the way he swings that short backswing. He just. <laughs> He never really. What's wrong with the, with that aesthetic? I well, don't that's understand. sweet. No, no, no. Just visually watching him play golf, he just was never my tempo. So that's what it started at. I, and that's fine. And that's, and that's fine. fine. Right, right, right. <laughs> the rare instances where we disagree. I that's mean, fine. I, I had a little concern. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't winning enough. But um, I, I think he squashed that. So I'll, I'll gladly be silent on that. I'll, I'll take the L. He's obviously a world class golfer. But I do think just his game, right, that the way he goes about playing the game, purely for me, again, I want to stress, this is just how I watch him. It's not necessarily my favorite thing. So 
you know, that's that's my problem to deal with. That's that's nothing against John Rom, but I think that's some of it. You know, when when he when he gets a lead or when he's playing well, he's he's just a bull, right? You just can't you can't wrestle him down. He, he's just too tough to take down. He's like that big running back, Neil. He just, you know, you try tackling him forty times a game, and he's just eventually going to break one. And so, I, I feel like he's a bruiser, and I feel like the guys I like watching play golf typically are more of the artists, right? Not that he doesn't have artistry to his game, but it's just not as natural as as you know like a young this Phil is a, a win for ramon and, and mechanics everywhere sure. and, and that's that that's great i'm gonna push on the the lack of artistry on this one because this this major requested a lot of different things there was the you know the easy kind of free day on thursday he was in the bad side of the draw he was in the side of the draw that needed to hit huge clubs into a lot of greens four five 18 all that stuff uh in rounds two and three depending on how that went and what got me a little bit today where i thought like, ooh, this might be this might be where he has the advantage on Brooks Kepka. When they played 18 at the end of round three, Kepka tried to jam a five iron up into the wind uphill, and it floated on him, went in the front of the green. He made an, an easy two putt. It wasn't that big of a deal, but Rom hit the flighted cut four iron into the back, the only way to get back to that back right shelf. And that was like, okay, this dude's getting ready to play the golf shots needed. And then it was kind of already over when he got to this point, but when he gets behind the tree on 14, he had, uh, you know, a way around that tree, but it needed to be, you know, go a certain height so it didn't get up too high under, under the tree, start at the left side of the green with fade out of the second cut, land on the green with the right spin, and spun it right back to the hole and made birdie. That was an artist making that golf shot, and that was sure. the exclamation point on the 2023 it, It's an It's an artist. I totally agree with all that. And he has every shot, and he can do whatever he wants with the golf ball. I think for me it comes down to just what you like about golfers. That's yeah, totally fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, I mean, it's truly You're an, wrong, an but it's fair, yeah. Totally. Well, I'm right for me, but I, I can't, you <laughs> no, know, Rand, it's it's not Randy, a universal something there, truth. though, where I sometimes I feel like Ron's, Ron, sometimes I think Rom is so good at, at driving the golf ball that he doesn't put himself in positions where he has to show the artistic stuff. Right, he's just he's kind of automatic off the tee. Whereas you look at Spieth, I mean, we're in the magnolias, we're in the bamboo, we're we're all over the place. And How about the shot Rom hit on fourteen? No, that's but so that's my point though. Yeah. He gives you a flash of that yeah. every once in a while, but week to week on the PGA Tour, like I can see why Randy kind of feels this way. Sometimes his golf feels like just relentless downhill runner running people over. You're not getting any, you know, you're not getting any Reggie Bush stuff out there because he doesn't have to. Dude, it's the he's the yellow line in the swimming race. Like it's gonna go at the same yeah. pace for the whole time. Like, and if you want to break the world record and you want to beat this dude, like you got to go out and do something absurd. But it's gonna keep moving at that pace the whole time, and it's really, really freaking hard as as Brooks Kepka showed today to do that for four rounds. And it, I'm glad for Rom that now like two majors puts him like where he should be. Right, one was not enough. Two feels about right. He's as his career goes on, he's gonna need more than two based on his talent level. But I said this. On Twitter earlier this week, it was like, you know, two big questions, one aimed at Brooks and one aimed at 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 uh, at, at Rom. We're going to get an answer to one of them, as if, assuming one of them is going to win. And Rom elevating, making the leap to two-time major champion with, a, you know, nine other PGA Tour wins and a bunch on the on the DP World Tour is a different, different level of player. And I think, Randy, if we can go back to where this all started, I mean, like, he has won seven times in less than three years, right? And before that, I think some of your questions were somewhat valid. I, that's where it started. Thank okay. you for throwing me that bone, Solly. You're uh, welcome. And that's where I just, mean. We're not just dunking on you. Come on. It's collaborative effort. 
he's he's answered all of that and i think this was an exclamation mark on you know really the post us open his his whole run and so massive kudos to get to him again i i can't stress enough i think he clearly when the question becomes who's best is the best out out in the world of pro golf right now it's you know it's got to be him right I, I don't think there's any doubt at this point I don't know. <laughs> I, I I mean, we said that after Scotty did that at the players, right? I really think that they're these guys are all really close, and it's just going to cycle. And we, I, I, I'm the most guilty of it. We got to get be, just be careful of not getting too high on the most we, recent week. Yeah, I would only say like I feel like Rom's just a little further down the line than Scotty is. I, I think Scotty a lot of yeah. his success is more recent. Rom's just been at it a little bit longer. Um, I feel like he's got a little bit more experience and. Just more time, you know, under the under the gun in the spotlight uh, would be my only thing. But yeah, a lot of this is reactionary. But I, I do think viewing the wider world of golf, right? Like John Rahm winning the Masters is is a and great thing for the game. Randy, I'm I'm so I, with you, and I was thinking that too. And it, it's kind of like stupid sports writery type thinking, but it's fun when you look at a guy and you're like, oh, that guy is like a Masters champion. And it's fun when they actually validate it, which brings me to yeah. my next point. Uh, what what'd you what'd you see from Rory this week, Randy? <laughs> <laughs> well, as good as Rom's performance was, I, I I mean, Rory, not to like repeat too much, but I, I just think given that the last major, he kind of, if you want to be generous, he let it get away from him. I think it was a little bit of a choke job. You know, he fired that final round 64 at last year's Masters and was talking about, hey, I've turned the corner. I'm, you know, I've, I've put some past demons behind me. Of course, he's been the face of the PGA Tour in their ongoing battle with Liv. And so this was a big week. The first time we've seen the Liv boys and the PGA boys at a place like Augusta. And I, like, he couldn't have spit the bit anymore. Like, that was like Patrick Mahomes going eight for 35 with four picks in the Super Bowl. Like, it, it was exceptionally bad. And it's, I don't know where we go from here, but it's like, it's it's really bad. I, I don't know. I, it would cause me to like rethink a lot of things. Just how are we going about? It was a bit of an FTX uh, situation. Because I mean, they, I mean, they called is, in the. He's going for the career gan slam. Like this is his week every year. And if you can't get up for the first weekend, second weekend of in April, like we got to rethink. I've, I've been thinking a lot about what KBV said on the show the other day, where I I in a weird way think his best path forward is to just the Michael Jordan chip on the shoulder. Like everybody thinks I can't do it. I'm going to go fucking do it because like when, when he's in the, when Tiger's in the press room and just like, Oh, Rory's definitely going to do it. He's too town. Of course he's going to do it. And everybody's just, Oh, this is probably the year. Of course he's going to do it. Like I think he almost needs to start uh, flipping that bulletin board material into it, it. Basically the guy that we saw at the Canadian open, right? Where it's like, Oh man, I got a chance to go beat Greg Norman's uh, Greg Norman's PJ tour record for, for wins. Like sweet. Let's, let's go do it. I think what I think what was most concerning was with what's been going on between Liv and the tour. Like I looked at this week, like okay, Rory, like let's see how you can put that chip on your shoulder. Like let's see, uh, you know, after talking some junk and getting some shots, taking yeah. some shots, like that's what was so disappointing. Was I kind of felt like this was the week? Hey, if if, if you're able to put a chip on your shoulder, it should be there, man. And he, he just I tell withered. you what. what 
what the actual most alarming thing was? <laughs> Phil Mickelson beat Rory's ass this week at golf at <laughs> a major championship venue. Where, where's your relate? This was your guy. Where's your what's your relationship with Phil Mickelson like right now? And what was it like watching him this week? Or if you watched, I didn't watch much of him to be honest. Of course, had Nuggies Kings this afternoon. <laughs> uh, fan for appreciation for uh, for the Denver Nuggets season ticket holders. No, it's just a shame. Like it really stinks because I should be so excited about Phil today, and I'm just not like. The last 12 months have just really zapped my fandom for him. And I, you know, that's a real bummer for me personally. I do think, though, between Phil and Tiger, I, I think it underscores how great those two are when, you know, Tiger's making a cut on one leg. Of course, he won in 2019. Phil's won the PGA championship at the age of 50 finishes runner up in the masters this year. I, I just think it speaks to like those two are like, there's a reason they're like two of the 10 best of all time, I think. And I'm just not sure, like as much as we want some of the young guys and the current guys to be that good. I, I for me, it just underscores how much of a gap there, there kind of still is. Yeah. I mean, like I said this, but imagine Rom finishing runner up at the 2047 uh, Masters. Like, that's how fucking old Phil Mickelson is. And he just did that. I, we're going to need some time to dissect that. But I, Big, I know you got a busy Sunday night scheduled. So I will, we will, we appreciate you coming on and jumping on. Any last parting thoughts before you, uh, you get back to your, uh, your evening programming? Uh, no, just have enjoyed, you know, you guys are, you guys are toting the rock this week. Have enjoyed it. Thank you for all you do for the game and, uh, look forward to, um, yeah, well, I guess I'll talk to you personally tomorrow, but the listeners, I'm not sure what to say to them. Thanks for holding us accountable, Randy. On on you know the, the block party got a little out of hand. I'll, I'll hand up on that. You know, I, I do want to say sorry before I leave. I just wanted to say, Solly, I or DJ, whoever made the point about you know him wanting to put the chip on his shoulder. I think we also have to just consider, you know, none of us lived through the Arnold Palmer days, but like, what does it look like if Rory never wins another major? Like, I think we have to start thinking about that. It's still. Feels like a long shot given his age, but it's certainly not out of the realm of possibility. I don't think. I don't know the way he's. I feel like he's in, you know, great physical condition, limited injury history, and like there's there's a lot of room to run with, especially a course like Augusta where it's proven that, you know, people on the older side can can get it done out there. I'm not going to go that far, Randy. Let me put it that way. I'll go down that no, road. I'm, with I'm the not Masters. ready to declare. I'm just yeah. saying we got to start just at least acknowledging the possibility that there could be a 2% possibility, right? That he's not going to win again. We will have a celebration for you for what happened after the 2019 open championship. Cause that's been four years since you declared him dead and uh, it hasn't happened since then. So if that's the case, listen, we would love to give you a little ribbing when, uh, when one of your takes doesn't work out. If that one does work out, I think it should be celebrated. Uh, well, I, I might be dead by then, but uh, <laughs> it is crazy. Tiger and Phil have won major since Rory last won one. I don't think that gets enough. Uh, it's just that is crazy. wild, Randy. And Those two guys are, phenomenal phenomenal golfers and i think i think what's most fascinating about it is i know we try not to like super psychoanalyze but it's so fucking clear that the game is there in such an obvious way and, and it's just one thousand percent mental <laughs> is well, that's what like, makes the no show concerning right because i i spent a lot of a lot of real estate on this podcast last year like saying like guys this is different he played really freaking well in majors in 2022 it was so a step backwards like this i still not i'm like i'm not 
calling a huge cause for concern. I'd be very surprised if he wasn't very competitive in the majors in the remaining three. Do I think he's going to win one sitting here right now? No, I don't. But I'd be surprised if he laid more eggs like this. I, I don't think this is the future of Rory in majors. So I hope not. Anyways, I hope not. Well, boys, I'll get out of here. Thank you. Have a good show. Thank you, Mr. Big. All Thanks right. for coming on. Um, this episode is, of course, brought to you by our friends at Titleist, the number one ball at the Masters, the most played driver, iron, and wedge, and putter this week at Augusta National. One thing one thing we learned through our partnership with Titleist is the importance of fitting. It's critical to play in your best golf. Every golfer can benefit from a proper golf ball and club fitting, and the order of which they do it is very important. On tour, Titleist fitters will begin the process with irons. They dial in the proper model choice, the shaft, and specs. The result, uh, this results in the right distance gaps that players can trust. I was amazed by this process. They look for miles an hour in between your club heads uh, and your lofts and everything to get you dialed in for whatever they need. And uh, I, I was, I hated. I don't want to say I hated the process in the middle of it. I thought they were making some horrible decisions in the middle. And then, like, like forty-five minutes later, I was like, "Oh my god, I see exactly what you were doing here." So it turns out they knew what they were doing. Uh, then they go, you get you through the right lock. Sounds loft. like he has some trust issues going on. Well, he's like, yeah, you're going to carry this this four iron 230. I'm like, no, I'm not. And then sure enough, <laughs> they put me in one that carried 230. I couldn't believe it. So uh, all the way to the right loft bounce and grind combinations with Vokey design wedges. The next step fitting for the golf ball from the green back to the tee, the scoring shots are the focus. Casey can attribute, uh, can testify to this. Randy can testify a lot to this too, of how much they're getting spin and loft on their Pro V1X model. I landed in the Pro V1 model. Uh, and finally, once your golf ball is properly fit for the scoring shot, it's time to fit for medals. The title is TSR drivers. Four different models uh, and sure fit hosel settings can make you finely tuned to maximize distance and dispersion. If you haven't been fit or if you aren't playing your best golf, it is that simple. Uh, visit titleistgolf.com to find a fitter near you. I, I can confirm uh, Titleist was the number one golf ball at the Lake Park Pitch and Putt this weekend as well. Okay. Very good. Weather has turned. So Very good to that know. was exciting. Uh, let's go next to our Big J journalist, man on the ground. Kevin Van Valkenburg has tracked down some more recording space uh, at Augusta National. KVV, welcome to the show. How are you, buddy? Hello, family. What? Uh, how did you spend your day? What did you see? Uh, I followed the big boys. Followed uh, Brooks and, Ron and John uh, for, I would say, 80% of the round. I, I peaked up, and when we saw that Phil had uh, shot 65, I wanted to race over to the podium just to see if Phil was going to sort of stunt on everyone. I was like, Phil might have just won the Masters. Like, there's a like a 10% chance or less that that happened. So we waited around for a little bit and then uh, raced down uh, after that to, to catch the boys at 12 and 13. So uh, what a fun day, though. Was, I, I would like to say I called Phil 65 uh, on the pod last night. I said, Phil could shoot 65. He did. And so I uh, would like some, <laughs> like some credit for that. It's all, it's all we've been talking about before you I came I can't out. imagine, yeah. yeah. Question KVB. for you. All the yeah. commenters too. Yeah. That was, uh, I think, Tron said it in our, you know, Slack chat. There was no uh, post round interviews. Did Phil do any media after the round, or only a little? He 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 was like, "Hey, there's a lot of golf to be played. You never know what might happen." I, I really would only like to answer like three questions, so he answered like three kind of lame questions, and uh, and that was it. So that was Phil's extent of things. I can understand kind of where he was coming from, just because like. He probably felt like, hey, if I'm going to win this, I'm going to come back and get in the press conference and I'm going to stunt on everybody and it's going to be great. And that didn't happen. And so uh, he just got to get in his jet and go home. So he did stick around. I'll that would have been the sickest around. press conference of all time. Yes. He did stick around to hug John. Uh, he was very, like, sort of uh, – he hugged John's wife. He was – you know, his his agent, Steve Loy, was in tears, was weeping uh, after there. So um, after his round, Phil's round. So Big it was day kinda, for Steve. Yeah, it was, it was an interesting uh, scene, as it always is under the tree at Augusta. 
Uh, KVV, how was Rom's interview or his his presser afterwards? It was good. I think what was interesting about uh, John's presser is he sort of was like, yeah, I, I kind of like expected this. You know, I, I dreamed about this, but it wasn't like there was any kind of big, you know, man, this is like he didn't cry. He didn't sort of have it get really emotional, get, get too deep. He was just like, yeah, like this is what I always kind of dreamed of. And, you know, spent a lot of time like thinking about Seve all week. And, uh, you know, I know he was looking down on me and, and giving me the sort of extra strength. And, but it was kind of like business-like. Someone did ask him, Solly, about if he could win the Grand Slam. I think they meant the big Grand Slam. But I, I, my moment, I was like, oh, Solly's going to love this. Uh, he said, hey, <laughs> I, I just got one. Let's just wait. I got, only got one right now. Uh, but I think they meant the oh. – did, you know, did you guys know that John is the first European to ever win the Masters in the U.S. Open? It doesn't make any sense, but well, they like, said yeah, they, that they, they had that stat on there. Yeah, well, they were talking about who won U.S. Open and then the Masters, and I was trying to think. I was like, dude, I, yeah, I'm, I'm. He couldn't believe it. Up a, I couldn't a, believe it. Gary Williams brought it up to him, yeah. and and he was like, "Are you serious? You you got to be kidding! Like, I, I don't believe I'm the first one." And it was really like he was had his mind blown. He's like, "Thank you so much for saying that because I don't know where I would have learned it otherwise." So it was a great like. It was really kind of <laughs> it, rare that you see an, an athlete's uh, mind kind of blown in an interview like that. So it seems like. Seems like Rory's won a Masters at some point, hasn't he? Yeah, I think I so. Yeah. I will say, similar similar to the Bowie thing. I don't want to. I don't want the credit for the Grand Slam thing. All right, a lot of people have been saying it. Okay, a lot of people in a lot of places have been hinting that he might win the Grand Slam. So please, I don't want all the. Credit I just for that. I can't keep track of what side of the fence Sally's on on that yeah. one. <laughs> it's a great job of putting out that I, take, backing way off of it, and then coming rushing back. To way off of it. Yeah. Oh my God! Everybody, live Bob, get away, get away, get away! No, 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 no! It's no, those are the fun. best. Those are the best takes. All the take was was is it crazy it. to think that he might win the grand slam and now is it how crazy is it now un, unprompted went back and said that was crazy that was it was crazy, crazy. Take. it was <laughs> crazy but, but maybe not i mean statistically Listen, the, only, the only golfer in the universe that which yeah I, I did go back to the clip and uh and and dj you actually followed it up by saying uh if i was to bet on anyone to win the grand slam it would be john rom you said something along those lines so you can you can oh, we can, we can so share we, credit yeah for this it was thing. kind of a kind of a collab yeah awesome what, well, what is, is akin to the guy with the when he's like fakes it drink like he's gonna drink the detergent and then he's like no 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 uh yeah somebody that commented i'm playing both sides so i always come out on top meme that is perfect that's perfect to this so i'll ask each of you of you this right now does john rom win another major this season uh yes i think so I will say yes. I will say yes, and I don't think I'm caught up in the recency bias that we just were talking about like 16 minutes ago. I'm going to say no because I think the game is very deep right now in the top 10. So I, I don't. I think he will be there, but I don't think he will win another one. Man, that's a really good question. Uh, I, I think he's going to win three more for the record. Wow. But yeah. I think in a weird way, I'm going to say yes. Normally I would say no just because it's such a long shot that someone's going to win too, but I feel like the other venue set up really well for him. He's Something's like something's clearly different well here's an interesting we were asking talking to adam hayes afterwards and, and someone said yeah, this is john's caddy if you don't know like what is he capable of what do you think he'll do it and usually you know the caddies are sort of like oh no i don't you know i don't want to put a number on it he was like well i don't think he's going to catch tiger or anything but you know i mean that, those days are gone but i could i could see him winning double digit majors and i was like whoa <laughs> double digit there's only like four <laughs> guys ever who've done that that's that's quite the Listen, Adam and I would get along well. Adam needs to, Adam needs to come on the pod. He's, he's kind of bold. I think, I think he so. and I need to have a beer and talk about our over unders. <laughs> uh, am I wrong? Am I wrong in that though? Or do you guys know what it like? Can you put your finger on anything that it might be? Like something has clearly, clearly changed in order for him to become this relentless player that he wasn't a year ago, two years ago, 
any of that stuff and and not to put anybody in the spot but like that's yeah. that's kind of where i'm like yeah i could kind of see it Here, keep going i have a good example i think like he, what happened on the very first hole of the tournament he makes a double bogey he four putts the first screen he was actually saying that he, he was pissed off at zach Ertz, the Phil, former eagles tight end because zach had texted him like 10 minutes before the round and said oh man the first green looks pretty easy you're, you're good to go and he was like i'd never do that again to me i've never uh but <laughs> he was i think what that was a great example of how he was just like, all right, fine. Like that shit happened. And now I'm going to just be chill. I'm going to relax. And he didn't get like, let it sort of stew and rage. You know, the, the, he still has that sort of like inner fire, but it's like, he's got it more under control and he's a more patient player when he needs to be. And I think like Jordan was talking for a long time after the round today. And he was basically, Jordan said, I was basically like 50% committed on like all of my shots throughout the first three rounds. And Adam Hayes was saying, he said, the one thing he said to John today was, all I want you to do is be 100% committed on every shot. Just, I don't care if it's like, you got to aim 30 feet right of a pin, like you have to commit to that. And that I think is a little bit the difference of like, there's times when, you know, John would get really pissed and he, you know, he would want to do something and Adam would sort of argue over it. Now it's like, he's more willing to sort of accept some of that advice and really kind of be in the moment and i think that's the difference he's just going to give himself more chances i don't know that he'll win more majors but he'll give himself more chances this year deconstructing it here though i mean i i, I know i bore people to death with the strokes gain stuff but he's just crazy freaking good at every aspect of the game his driving's actually taken a dip this year but he's gotten a half shot better from last year in approach play alone per round like that's enormous that's absolutely enormous he's gotten almost a half shot better per round in shots around the green and he's gaining almost a shot on the greens per round like there's no flaws there's absolutely no flaws everything is way 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 above average he's like essentially top 15 in every possible category and that dude is just going to be there at the end of 72 holes that's why everybody calls him the buoy like he's just inevitable it's just going to be there and uh yeah there i, I don't i i have to really dig in to find some kind of flaw right now driving accuracy for the last month probably has been but uh he averages 15 yards longer than the average guy so he's long enough he hits it close he puts it great when he hits it close and when he misses greens he chips it close good fucking luck beating that dude I, I think one thing too, just to shout out, like I absolutely not saying causation correlation, but I, I don't think it's nothing is the work he's putting in on strategy stuff and biomechanics stuff. He's doing a lot of stuff with the, the guys at TPI. I know Dave Phillips and also our guy, Nico Doris, who does uh, golf blueprint stuff. I know they've been working on different strategy stuff together. And again, like I, I haven't gotten a full download on how much of an impact that's made or what kind of specifically they're working on, but certainly doesn't seem like nothing. Doesn't seem like he's gotten worse. I'll tell you that. <laughs> There's a shot from, uh, I think it was the players like four years ago on, I think 11, when he and, and Adam went back and forth on some stupid, like he was trying to go for it on 11 and he was over on the left side and they got a big fight about it. And it just seems like that kind of stuff is not there anymore. It's like he is so talented that he, they're making a game plan ahead of time and he's hitting the shots. Like he's just executing the game plan to a T and then not letting himself like you're saying kvv like he's being patient enough to be like nope this is part of the game plan like we're laying up on 15 we're hitting it you know we're hitting it on this side of the fairway like like a singular focus on what the plan was and then just to have the talent to be able to execute it because you see a lot of masters guys like champions that have to hit hero shots like other than 14 it was just like really good shots but it wasn't really like oh my god i have to make a crazy save here and even the one on 14 it wasn't like it was i absolutely have to have it right now because he already had the cushion. 
I, Neil, I thought of that that thing at the players 100%. He was trying to hit like an eight iron from the 220 yards, uh, and it was just like seemed inexplicable. And the, Adam kind of almost like you could tell he was almost hinting at that. He's like, now I'm grateful because he accepts the things that I tell him. He's He still does a lot of the stuff on his own, but he's willing to take those things of advice. And I think that's a sign of like growing up a little bit. I see in the chat there. Did I? Did he slow play Brooks? Man, Cantley was super slow. I gotta say, the, the group in front of them was slow too, but it, it was obvious how they were waiting. I mean, I could not believe when I got off of one green and over to two T. We heard two balls go, and looked over there, and I was like, "Wait a minute, that's that's Hovland and Cantley." I cannot believe they just teed off, but they had just been, you know, they had been backed up a little bit. There was it was constant slow play out there. It was a little frustrating. There's a uh, I saw a tweet earlier. Um, that I, I thought I actually noticed this too from uh, I think is it Luke Curtinine? Sorry, I always yeah. get the, the K and the D mixed up. Apologies, Luke. Confused D and L. <laughs> D and L. <laughs> Teeth were made of wool. He tweeted this out that that Rom was kind of you know walking ahead of Brooks on most tees, and I felt this. I felt like he was tapping in for putts, and he was off to the next tee as quickly as possible. He just kind of had the honor all day, and he was just very much like asserting himself physically on tee boxes and stuff. And I think there was something to that. Like he was kind of, he was out in front of this like kind of duel that was being set up that we were talking about the last two nights. And, and I, that was noticeable to me. So when I saw this tweet, I was like, Oh man, that's I'm on the same page. Yeah. We got to flip over to Brooks at some point. I don't know if you have uh, what your reaction is as to what you, what you saw out of Brooks kept yeah. so, uh, today, Kevin. I mean, I think it just started from the beginning. Like, I could not believe how far ball, far that left ball was on off of one. I mean, he had an unbelievable shot. I was standing right there with him to get to that first green, but you could just tell, like, something was off. The rhythm was off. Like, he was not able to sort of play the alpha. I mean, he hit some bad drives. He put himself in some bad spots. He, I, I couldn't believe how wild he was off the tee. If you thought that drive was too far left, then uh, then that then that 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 tells the story right there. <laughs> Surface to air chloroform ball, so total true. scud. <laughs> Playing from nine fairway. I just he never. I don't know. Like he he's not a like a fiery guy. So it was interesting. Like he there were times when he was sort of you know chatting with Rom. He wasn't really trying to like you know stonewall him or anything. And um, he, he just. He just didn't have it today. I think John was even, he mentioned that in the, um, yeah, I showed up there uh, chasing him down. Uh, you can tell the fitness is very similar there between us in the picture. Uh, <laughs> I just feel like it was a kind of a disappointing, obviously disappointing for him, but it was disappointing just to watch because I thoroughly thought that he was going to deliver. I think we need to talk a little bit about Sunday rounds from Brooks. And I mean, like Harding Park, you know, uh, if like the one at Pebble where he had the chance to catch Gary Woodland, like, he was in it at Portrush and even really Beth Page when he won. Yeah. Even yeah, Beth Page got I mean, a little little shaky down the stretch. Sally has, has had this theory for a long time. I think it's there's some validity to it. I saw Brooks. I walked with him that day at Beth Page. I've never seen a great player look so shook in like still win a major down the stretch. I mean, he was terrified that he was going to blow it. And I think I can't say that that's entering into his head, but I just whatever the sort of I think sheen of like perfection in him that he never was scared or whatever. That day, it was enough of a wobble to where it, it just it isn't quite the same. And I, I who knows? I don't really, you know, a lot, I'm sure a lot of people make, there were out, people out there making jokes about, oh, if it was 54 holes, you would have won. If it was 11 event, you would have won. You can hear him sort of yelling that and stuff. And I don't really buy into that. I just think, like, for whatever reason, the nerves kind of maybe got to him a little bit today. And he was just moving a little too quick. And when you're a fast player and things start going bad, you have to really be conscious of like slowing yourself down. Some of those times when he would hit it in the trees, I was amazed at how fast he would get in there 
assess it and hit it out. And like he didn't really hit poor shots in those situations. The pitch outs were fine. But man, like he moves quick. And I think that can be a little bit of a detriment when it's a little bit off. You guys know I'm a big probability guy. So uh, it's just very weird when it kind of unfolds the way this way that it does. Like no one goes four for four, like for their first four times in contention at majors. Like that's so unlikely. And Brooks did that. And so, you know, he's running off just this crazy high confidence. And then that last one, like, I, again, I've theorized since Beth Page, like that last one was different. Like he did not. Run, sprint through the finish line. He did not definitively win that one. He won it in the first three days. And he felt a little bit of that Sunday pressure. And since then, he's not won one. And the Sundays have been really bad. And he's been in contention in a bunch. And so if you look at the overall record, like the amount of times he's been in contention, still amazingly good record winning four of them, right? But when it happens consecutively of, whoa, all right, now this is building. Like in your head, is this building now? Because that's what it looked like today. I don't want to do the live 54 hole thing. But I do want to go to... The guy hadn't played really good golf for a long time, right? And doing that for 72 holes against the best player in the world is really, really freaking difficult, right? And do I think he could have benefited from competing in the Genesis this past year and competing at Bay Hill and competing at the players rather than, you know, competing at Crooked Cat? Potentially. It's really, really freaking hard to say. That being said, at the end of the day, his week is worth noting as a really good week. The return of Brooks Koepka to major championship golf. It's a win for him in a way. He said that the live stuff was not enough for him. That's why he entered the Saudi tournament. That's why he entered in Oman. And he got blown off the map in Oman. And he was even like, yeah, man, I don't want to make excuses. But it was really tough weather. I got a bad tee time. Like, it, it was just a hard thing. But he felt like it was not enough uh, events to kind of get him prepped. And he's the one who said, I miss competing against Scotty and Rory and, and John, like he volunteered that information. So, you know, it, look today, uh, today could have been a really big win for live. Like they could have sort of established like, Hey, we have the open champion. We have the master's champion. Like, you know, our guy, Phil, who built our whole league, uh, had a great showing in this. And I, I think if all the people who are ready to crow about how awesome it was, like maybe they ought to start to look around and be like, Oh man, it has to be a little bit of a blow. Like the opportunity was there to grab something and, and to sort of, stunt on everybody and it, it it didn't happen and so i mean how can you say it's not a win for you know if you're if you're into this narrative like it's a pretty cool narrative for john rom in the pga tour that he was able to you know to win this i think it's interesting you can kind of you can kind of go either way right as like the week i think it's fair to make the case that the week was like an undoubted w for live in that it proved that some of these guys can still show up to majors and still be very relevant and they're clearly you know up there with the best players in the world. And I think all of that is, is great and totally fair and candidly went a lot better than I thought it was going to go. Uh, so hand up for me on that one. But I think like the other thing is like, it doesn't make me want to fucking watch live. That's what I say. It doesn't <laughs> right. fucking matter. Also what you like, just described it just makes is me a more win. pissed that I'm yeah. like, well, why are we not seeing these guys all the time? That's it. And it also like the win for live is a win for everyone. Like that was interesting to watch those dudes get involved. And part of the reason, again, I've said this, but part of the reason I've been bummed out by the whole thing is like, I like watching these dudes compete and to know that that is still there and they can be competitive as much as I don't like live. This is not live versus PGA tour this week. This is a major. This is totally fucking different, totally different. And it exactly what you said, DJ, it does not clear a enormous hurdle here, which is live is not watchable, right? It does not make me want to go watch Brooks compete on that tour. It really does not. It, not. Phil, it doesn't make me want to go watch Phil. It makes me 
super confused and intrigued as to how Phil just did what he did this week, but it changes nothing about the week-to-week. It still has diluted week-to-week golf. I also, not to take anything away from anybody, but I do also think the Masters is very, very different than the U.S. Open or the PGA or the Open is going to be. Very different golf course that we've seen Tiger play this place in his sleep on one leg. We've seen Fred Couples make the cut. We've seen Phil do what he did today. I, I do think the Masters is different, and and I'm not totally expecting the same thing, but I think they've proven that you know, I won't be as surprised if definitely won't be surprised if Brooks contends, but I, think, I wouldn't be as surprised if some of the other guys. And that's not downplaying it. You're, yeah, I'm right. agreeing with you, and that's yeah. not downplaying what yeah. they just did. So, I know you buying a high flyers jersey? No. I think what I was saying is it was a medium win. It was a medium, a medium win for Liv. It could have been a huge win for Liv, and it just it was yeah. slipped away a little bit. And it, but it was still a win for them for sure. But it would have dumbed it down. It would have clouded it. it I'm sorry, Neil. It, it would have been like it, like. This is not a win. Again, I'm not like a PGA Tour fan as much as people think. It's not like a win for the PGA Tour for Rom to win this, right? It's yeah. it's it's just not what the it's misunderstanding what the situation is. What's ahead, interesting Neil, though? Go ahead, Neil, because I want to hear your point. <laughs> oh no, I'll give you the last word. Okay. <laughs> well, finish the live conversation because mine's going to be about Brooks. I'm gonna I, I'd like to talk about Brooks specifically. I didn't think it was going to be like on the grounds as much about live stuff, but for people, it genuinely was. Like there were way more cheers for Rom throughout the entire day. I mean, people were, I would say, 70, 30 percent behind Rom uh, throughout the day, and and both of the players felt that. And I think like it was really kind of a little bit disarming to hear, feel like a European player was getting way more support than an American player. And you could hear people talking about that was essentially, you know, grounded in the the feelings that people have about live. I'm just, you know, if you like that or not, like that's what was driving a lot of it. So it was interesting. Like I thought the major would be sort of a little bit separate. I think for Phil, it was maybe a little different. Phil had a ton of support out there, but people don't have those quite of warm feelings about Brooks. And so they were clearly pro ROM throughout the day. Lastly, just to close it, it was kind of like, this was a win for John Rahm, not the PGA Tour, and a win for Brooks Kepka would have been a win for Brooks Kepka and not for Liv. Like the Liv boys would have yep. counted it as a win, but like they're playing a totally different game over there. Yep. <laughs> Make a bad joke. Never mind. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> I was just gonna be like, no, we'll just keep going. We'll, we'll make that the private chat. Outside, <laughs> outside of a bunch of money, Phil moves from 425th in the world up to 72nd in the world. Wow. Uh, other big jump on here. P moves from 70th in the world to 45. Uh, Thomas Peters dropped or moves up one spot. Brooks goes Brooks goes from 118 to 39th in the world. And those are the only big OWGR live moves. And really not a big deal as far as like the top 12 earn your way in next year. I think everybody other than Brooks... Well, I guess Brooks would have been eligible next year anyways through his his most recent PGA Championship, but I think everybody else is either a past champion or not or didn't get in. Neiman was the next closest at T16, so smell ya. Better luck next year. To, just coming off that world ranking, that was a question from Foxtrot Steven. He said, does this top five finish make the case that live tournaments should get OWGR points? Deej, as your resident OWGR guy, uh, answer that question. Uh, no, it doesn't change anything about anything. Like, I, I hate to be the super boring guy, but like, dude, you're, you're still not playing on a tour that has any kind of qualification. You're not playing on a tour that plays. Hey man, does 54 holes look like it's the same as 72 holes? Like there's a reason that the tour plays 72. The, the 
like the cream tends to rise over those last 18 holes and the 54 hole conversion rate is freakishly low. It's a lot lower than people realize. And and there's a reason why they don't give a trophy out on Saturday night. So, uh, no, I don't, it doesn't change anything in my mind. I figured as much. Neil, what, what was, you wanted to talk Brooks? Well, listen, I need Tony Reality to hit me with a bunch of points here on the, around the horn for waiting my turn. But I think I, I the live discussion's fine. I just don't think that, I, I would think Brooks would be like, Fuck that. Like, he sees totally. himself as an individual. So I don't think he gives totally. a shit, number one. Number two, I've been a big Brooks hater. Uh, known hater of Brooks. I saw, I, I was actually very impressed with the way he finished his round today. I thought it was very impressive. And something that I appreciate, one of you guys might have said something about it last night. He doesn't complain, doesn't bitch and moan on the course. I think no. he swags around and sometimes his his cockiness gets a little annoying. And, I think you know, that's his, uh, his, his attitude I, I, can be a little, you know, a grading for me at times, but the way that he, he did get some really shitty breaks today where the ball landed on, stayed on 13, where the ball stayed on nine and he just goes about his business. And I thought he finished his round very strong, you know, even though he ran out of gas. And I, I thought that was impressive. Second point I want to make about him is, you know, what we haven't talked about is if you notice in round three, he was spitting a lot. Just all, all over the place. Every time they cut the camera to him, round four, so he must not so nervous. nervous he couldn't, he couldn't spit. Even spit. <laughs> he couldn't even spit. It was pressure, plain and simple, boys. Pressure. That's pressure. Back nine at Augusta. I thought Immelman made a great point on the broadcast about Brooks playing in wildly different conditions today than he did the first two days. Also, and I thought it was like it's a good indicator of we've heard it all week. We will hear it for a year until the next year's tournament. The fine line that is Augusta National, right? And how how harsh of a dividing line that can be he wasn't that far off i mean I, the the chloroform ball on one was you know that happens and that could have been pressure that could have been whatever but beyond that the shot on two wasn't that far off it was directly at the flag and he just misjudged the wind and if it goes another yard or two he he might have like a five footer for eagle the shot on three he was just a little bit off could make the birdie the shot on four he was just a little bit off and was in the bunker and then now all of a sudden we're like pushing and pressing a little bit and it was just a good indicator of like rom looked much more comfortable navigating all that stuff and playing to fat parts of greens the shot rom hit in a four was so fucking underrated of just the the high cut right to the spot where the green gets a little fatter where you don't have to worry about that bunker at all and it was just the most stress-free parts the same on 12 right and that's what i was going to say about the artist conversations like they said if i'm remembering the numbers right i think it was 161 like through the air on 12 playing straight down wind. So they said it was playing like 145. and Rom hit a nine iron, which is a ton of club. And they even said on there, like, this is yeah, a ton. I was nervous about that. And he yeah. just flattened it out and hit this like perfect controlled spin right to like within a fucking cup of where he was looking. And it's just like, Oh dude, this is the guy that's in total control. And then he steps up on the next hole and he said it afterwards, right to left wind. It like hitting a draw when you're used to hitting a fade with a right to left wind with the tournament losing creek on the left is very scary shit. And he steps up and just does it perfectly. I mean, it was like that. That's where it's like, oh, dude, this is this is over. Like these are not these guys aren't playing the same sport today. I do want to cause put a just a flag on this to remember for future years, though. Of if 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 we're throwing out 21 and 22 for Brooks, which I think is pretty legit considering how injured he was in 2021 and 2022 just wasn't fully back. He missed the cut uh, in both of those masters. T2, T7, T2. 
like an extremely competitive T2 in 2019. And just watching him play this golf course, it is a great course fit for him. It really, really is a great course fit. And uh, I would not be surprised. I, I, I think he should be one of the... I mean, obviously, we'll see what happens in the next year, but I say this now, but one of the top five favorites heading into next year. You know, we, we cannot sleep on Brooks coming into this tournament if he's healthy next year. I will not make that mistake. I'm excited so. to have him back in the mix. I, I really am in majors. Like, I, I worried that he was body was going to be broken forever, and, you know, I think he worried, obviously, it was going to be broken forever. I mean, he talked about it. He almost really was like, I'm never going to play golf casually if I can't play golf. I'm just going to walk away from it. And maybe some of that is Brooks's kind of, you know, penchant for being a little dramatic, but... I, I think he's really going to be fun to see at Harding, or excuse me, at, at Oak Hill, and he's going to be really fun to see it at the next two at LACC and, and Liverpool. He's yeah. a fun person to have in the mix. This we said it last night. This may this close call makes him more interesting to me than if he had won. And I know, and I, I know that's kind of a bold statement. If he won five majors, it's like, oh my god, he's a historic golfer. It's an up new echelon that he reaches. But I just think him having to face the demons a little more is is good i'm i'm looking forward to seeing him at the next major and think about the think about the concurrent paths of him and rory both having four and the two different paths of like trying to break that and the louder that that monkey gets on their back and it's just it's good stuff as a as a golf fan very fun to follow do you guys i, I do have some things to say as it regards to the rules of golf do you want to do that now or you want to save that for the end i know we've talked a lot about that this week but i'll let Let's you guys save for the that. end save for the end save for the end okay Okay. No, I'm gonna drop out. Just let me know when you're when you're good. I'll I'll head out and watch Succession. (laughs) Because that is the only thing I'll say on that is that's the reason I found myself rooting against Brooks because I did not want I did not want it to come down to that, and I have very very strong feelings on that. But all right, Kevin, why don't we uh, let you go because we have someone we need to bring in. Are you Um, right about Kev? yeah, I think we're going to write about the butcher. I think uh, that's probably a big thing. We'll, we'll try to kind of wrap a up. A lot the, of happy customers in coming in, taking a ticket at the counter. They're getting their their choice meats this Prime week. Prime cuts, Neil. Oh God, what the Satrials like the kind of the Sopranos. Uh, Listen, uh, brother, pinchos for uh, everybody. Thought. Okay, hamones are flying yeah. around, thinly thinly sliced aged meats. I love it. No, what a fun week. Uh, super excited to have been it, done it, and I hope you guys will. Reed, thanks for everybody who came up to me uh, out there. I was like, hey, I love the pod. Uh, old guys, young guys, it was super fun. Uh, kind of a cross-section of people who were listening to us. So very cool. Thank you. Thank you for all the effort. And get, please check out Kevin. If you're listening to the podcast, check it out. NoLangUp.com, whatever he's got posted up there. So thanks for all your hard work this week, brother. Next segment, guys, this is not a joke. Uh, down the leaderboard has TC become so popular TC that we have – we have a sponsor for Down the Leaderboard. That's our friends at Cisco. They are providing innovative technology, partnerships, and investment throughout the game of golf to drive positive change. Cisco is teeing up tomorrow, enabling the most connected, inclusive, and accessible version of the game yet for players, fans, and operators throughout the sport. And here to take us down the leaderboard, Mr. TC. He has turned this into a revenue center for us against all odds. They partnered with, what the, up, with the Vision Fund. They partnered with the Vision Fund. Good to be here with you. Uh, Neil, first of all, choice meats. That's that's disgusting. We're doing prime meats only. Okay. Uh, the butcher, enough. the butcher isn't isn't chopping off choice meats or you know, we potentially we, we could do wagyu, which is from Japan, boss. Yeah, but there there's struggle bringing that into the country choice meats. and Get there's the fuck fake out of my wagyu store. out there. Yeah. So anyway, I don't know how far down the board you guys got. So where should we start here? Start at the top. Well, I was thinking about this segment. I think TC, just go cook for a while. I need you to go down the leaderboard. And I, 
But we need you to say Hold something about everybody, as always. All right. Well, so <laughs> we got to we got to Brooks TC. So we haven't hit Spieth yet. So you're no. I want to hear. We haven't heard anything from TC. I want to start at the top. All right, so you know, so am I under any sort of time limit here, or can I just? We'll let it? you know. We'll okay. tap you on the shoulder. <laughs> it's like the. It's yeah. kind of like when you're done playing the Masters. It's like you'll know. Yeah. You, you, like you can't talk about membership. We'll let you know if you fucked up or not. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh. Yeah. I'm proud of Rom, man. He uh, like I tweeted it. He's not the most endearing guy in the world. He bitches about every putt that he misses by four feet on the wrong side of the hole. But it, it's like. Man, like he just he works his ass off. He's there's self belief there, and I think he's coming from a place of he's he's an underdog, right? Like the guy was born with a club foot. He's not probably not the best athlete in the world, and he's just like he's gone and done it, and he's committed to living in Scottsdale and coming to the U.S. and I don't know. I respect the hell out of him. I've really really like enjoyed watching him the last couple of years. So uh, I also didn't realize how big of a of a live hater our mom is, Neil. Uh, she was, she, she was like, fuck Brooks Kepka. <laughs> like, I'm so happy that Rom won. It was, you know, she was, she was hooting and hollering. So, um, smash GC as a, as a crew. That can be a scary motherfucker when she wants to be. I'll tell you that. <laughs> she made a great land tonight. It was awesome. Uh, which brings us. All right. Let's keep it. Let's, that's just the yeah. first half. Let's keep it moving. Let's, come on. Nicholson. Come on. Can't lay. Come on. See, Nicholson was awesome. I, 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 like, I was shocked at how much I was rooting for him. It was unbelievable. Like it was, yeah, it was, uh, you know, it's like, he, yeah, he's a lunatic and he's, and he's a sociopath, but like he's our lunatic and he's our sociopath. <laughs> I want to go up and give the guy a hug. Uh, Brooks, you guys probably talked about him plenty. Um, I, I felt bad for Brooks and everybody that played behind Bennett and especially Cantlay today. I thought it was disgusting. I mean, honestly, it was, it was fucking gross. Like, like Cantlay should have been waiting behind the 18th green giving guys hugs and Rolexes and all sorts of, and DeWalt power tools and all sorts of other stuff. It was gross. Which seems like can't lay. I'm surprised he wasn't. Yeah, I mean, it really was like, like, it was unbelievable. Like I, I know there weren't holes in between, but it was just like every time it was, they were just off by 20 to 30 to 40 seconds. And they're just standing there waiting on tees or waiting in the fairway. And it's like that it's those little things that just, you know, mess up your timing and your rhythm if you're Rom or if you're Hovland or someone else. So, um, Spieth, Greller had that look in his eye from the very, very, very beginning today. We knew it. He knew it. And it was just, it was fun. It was fun to go along for the ride. Uh, there were a few moments he bogeyed four and six. And I was like, damn. All right. Like that was probably him winning out of the, like out of the equation. He's not shooting 62, but he's going to go shoot. 65 or 66 so i would have been really bummed if if rom would have come back to the field and we would have had those speed yeah. bogeys but i'm glad he I just know. blew the doors off so yeah at least that was good uh p yeah nine, nine was birdies today. p was awesome man i mean he, he looked wow. like a chippendales dancer mixed with the easter bunny uh just like my uh, wife said he looked like a limo driver it, it was it was, was like, like one of the all worst outfits i've ever seen before uh, it was like the recycled Nike stuff from four or five years ago when they kept trotting out the fuchsia. But he, but he like put new embroidery on it. <laughs> yeah, easy post things of that nature. Uh, so shout out to him. Limo driver is a really good one. Uh, he's like the limo <laughs> driver from uh, the Wedding Singer. <laughs> there were cones. There were cones. Henley. I mean, I think everybody knew he wasn't going to win today. 
but he, you know, he gave it a valiant effort. The guy lives in Columbus, Georgia. Still blows me away that he chooses to live there. Uh, as, as someone from the state of Georgia, no offense to anyone, but just it, it always baffles me. He's probably also doing a ton of, ton of Aflac corporate stuff during the week with all the Japanese people they bring in there. Neil, I'm wondering if Russell Henley's the guy that knocked you for the, for the club advice in your, mm-hmm. in your AJGA event. No, it wasn't him, but I do think I, I remember, I think I ran into Henley on the Atlanta junior golf circuit in the early days, but I can't, that can't be confirmed. I don't know. I, something yeah. in my, I'm like, I think I played with him at Capital City one time, but I don't know. That's, we'll take that offline. Cam Young, 68 this afternoon. It didn't feel like a 68. I don't know if you guys agree. In a good way or a bad way? Yeah, it's felt very sloppy, but we yeah. didn't, also didn't see it all that much. Yeah. His his good weather score this week was probably very, very good. It felt like he did not mud it very well, and when the sun was out, that dude mashed this week. That was the most uh, animated I've ever seen him, though. I mean, I think I counted three, at least three, like, club drops at the top of the of the uh, follow-through. Like, he was he was fighting it a little bit the last. We got a case of the lefts going on, and it just wasn't good. He wasn't having yeah, it. Yeah, Cody, will you apologize for Cam Young? <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, Vic. You know what? I'm buying on Vic. I, I am Vic, too. Vic had a tough, tough Sunday. I'm buoyed by the way that he finished the round. I think that he uh, he he did a good job finishing the round. He did a good job, you know, didn't do great stuff to, to begin the round. He had kind of a squirrely job to begin, but I, I don't know. I just I think Vic is hold on, hold on. I'm I'm throwing a challenge flag here. All right, not very difficult conditions. Hovland shot 74 in round yeah, four. Yeah, and 74 at the open. Hit. I mean, Come he's on, getting reps. But I, no, I think, not, I think Vic better is, than last summer. It did, and I think Vic is going to keep knocking on the door. It's all reps for Vic. It's all it's all sample size. Saul, you're a probability guy. You just said that. If you're betting on probability, right? If and if it's you're not adding up for probability me. It's for not Vic, sustainable. I would bet on like ball striking to win out over everything else. The guy hit like 18 fairways in a row at one point. Watching it with Carson, she's like, "Oh my God!" He's every time he comes on screen. Oh, poor Victor! Like he's so cute. You get the he's, he's such a like, cutie pie. That was her quote for pie at the old course. I like, oh, what? Yeah. I hate that. As much him. as I want to bail from Vic, I I can't help but. but I think we hold you know, a little longer. Yeah, nibble a little bit longer. Yeah. Sahe, I'm pumped. I'm pumped. I think this is a great great course for him. Yeah, maybe the shot of the day <laughs> on sixteen. Life. The the, uh, the chip yeah. in was epic. I, talk about uh, a guy he, that he, yeah from the Spieth school of like, are we sure this guy's good at golf? A uh, lot of those shots from Saith. Sign me up, man. I'm rooting for every one of them. I love watching them, but a lot of the shots are just like, oh god, that's not supposed to look like that. What what are we doing, Deej? Deej, let's let's tease that out a little bit farther because you had like a can Saith play proper golf? Take I said I don't well. know if he could play real golf. And, you know, I think yeah. a ninth place finish at the Masters, I think, proves, you know, at least trends us towards uh, he can play real golf. I just it's hard when you, you know, if you're hitting the driver squirrely and you're hitting recovery shots all day. And then when you are in the fairway, you're blowing seven irons up into the fucking grandstands. And like, there's just a lot of weird, weird stuff going on from from our guy. But, you know, he, it, he just seems like a, it seems like a super stressful way to make a career playing pro golf. Can I just say, this was the longest golf tournament I feel like I've ever watched. There were so many ebbs and flows. This I feel like Sahith balled out, shit the bed, balled out, shit the bed, and then balled out again. I swear everybody played 144 (laughs) holes this week. Yeah, everything it was long day it, it golf, was man. So much golf. It was just like I, I binged so much golf and I looked up and we still had like 30 holes to play for the leaders. And then and, you have uh, can't lay like, like long, long just 
long walking run. really slow. Long. And, and I, you know, shout out to Victor on 13 for giving him like the double middle fingers. And, and as he's walking up to the green, hadn't even crossed the bridge yet. He's like, he's chipping. He's like, hurry the, he's fuck the same up, thing on dude. 11. It was too. just so yeah. obvious that, that he was frustrated with that. I'm a, I'm a, Ho- I'm going to clarify. I'm a Hovland fan. I'm a, I'm a, I'm in on it. He doesn't feel like a threat to me right now in this. At no point. Yeah, this yeah. Week oh, no, did he feel like, like we're not there yet, but I, I think he's going to keep knocking on the door. He's like, you see in our years future. down the future. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was definitely lingering all week. I mean, the, the, lingering. the owner lingering. asked him, hey, listen, man, can you go skateboard over there in the church parking lot across the street? Yeah, he said, yes, no sir, problem. of course I can. No but as he gets older, he may, you know, he may not be as polite. Uh, <laughs> but it could be a problem. There, there's certain guys that when you watch, I'm able to feel like Randy. Like Randy thinks nobody's ever going to win. And like when I watch can't lay in a major, like I'm like, I feel very safe. Like this is not going to happen. Like it's not going to happen. He's going to be around. But it's not going to happen. And, and Hovland's starting to get there with me. I'm just, put, just putting a, a thought, warning though. watch on that. TC, yeah. I've got, I've got a question for you. Uh, and, and I, I will take that. I, I want to run by you. So this T10 through, I want to say T16 is, I, I don't want to call other than Scheffler, obviously it's not mules here, but they're like mini ponies. You've got Shoffley, Morikawa, Woodland, Cantlay, Tom Kim, Sung J M, Neiman. They're like petting zoo horses. Like, like they're not, they're not thoroughbreds, and they're not mules. It's like they're the mini ponies. No, Clydesdales are well, maybe Clydesdales are just out there filling out the fields, doing work. That's what these guys are doing. So, someone's uh, gonna. I, I feel like there, there's something in between. So, I need, you, I need some help it's figuring a, out if they're mini ponies or if they're Shetlands or I don't, I'm not, I don't know horses that well. Cody, help me out here. Get off, Tom Kim. First, first Masters. Props to go. Tom Kim. I thought he played awesome. Like, how dare you? Well, throw I, he played in the, he, in the pen. I think like Tom that. Kim's been a little overhyped. I mean, all this talk of him being the kid. That's PGA Tour. That's, this he's is twenty and he's won two PGA Tour events. He's not been overhyped. He's been underhyped. Well, I think Tony, Tom Kim's give me been something on the, on the mini ponies here. Come on, I might switch Tom Kim and Sungjae. I'd put Sungjae with the group you're talking about. He, you would make him a, a mini yeah, pony. Yeah, one of the dressage horses or one of the. Uh, <laughs> uh, or no, I think the Clydesdales. Are good. Yeah, I think the Clydesdales. Clydes, yeah. No, they're not Clydesdales. No, because they are. They're, they're just out there doing yeah. work, man. It's and like, they're, they're not it's getting like an any, elevated any, mule. We, they're not getting no. any trophies, but they just. We got to call. We got to call in Cody. He's the horse guy. Oh, you're the horse Cody, guy. Cody, what are you? You're the, you always wear the helmets and stuff with the, with the horses. <laughs> Cody's the cowboy. This isn't my show. I'm the producer. Stop calling me in. Jim Nance. He doesn't ever get names wrong. He kept getting saw his name wrong over and over and over again. Can you get with him on that? I'll, I'll text him. I will let him know. Thank you. And this is Scott yeah. Figala. Yeah, I, I don't <laughs> want to talk about Vern. Vern. Vern's a goat. I don't. We don't need to talk about Vern. Uh, Matt Fitzpatrick, no, no takes there this week. I'm, I'm, I'm going to pause you on on going down the leaderboard because I'm going to skip down the leaderboard and ask you to give okay. me your reaction on two guys. Okay, two of your boys, two, Cam Smith and Dustin Johnson. I believe it. That's so far down the leaderboard. That's so far down the leaderboard. I know. Yeah, I know. We're skipping. That's what I'm yeah. saying. You've been tapped on the shoulder. I, we, we don't need to go down every guy on the leaderboard. All right. I, I, but I want your t- your take on these two guys. What's your reaction to their masters? Yeah, I mean, Cam shot 75-75 on the weekend. That's not good. That's not going to get it done. You know, I think going into the week, we all thought, like, it wasn't – it's not a great Cam setup when it's wet as hell. And, and, and Cam played really well, I think, on Friday afternoon or Saturday morning when it got, like, really, really, really spicy. And I don't know. I just don't think it was Cam's setup. And then DJ looks fat, straight up. Like he just looks he looks fat. And like I don't think DJ's taking care of himself. So I would say their their performances this week were like if 
in general, what I was fearing with Liv, right? Like they were the two dudes that I thought had the best, you know, possibility of, of threatening. Obviously, they're the two best players uh, from Liv, and their their performances uh, would have stuck out a lot more as as you know, not really carrying the torch if other dudes hadn't stepped up. But like this is this is kind of what I was afraid of. Now, look at the same in the same vein, like Justin Thomas and Rory missed the cut as well. Like it's not like it's representative of of something, but it's kind of just like a, these guys have a little more pressure on them coming into these events and. I was expecting a top 25 from Cam. I thought he would kind of turn it on a little bit, and I was a little disappointed. I think Cam will do well at the U.S. Open. I think Cam will do well at the British Open. I don't think he's quite rounded into form yet. I don't think he's going to sustain form from mid-March until end of July. Like He's trying to do the second half of the majors. Uh, it's kind of disappointing to go to Oak Hill after this. Let me pause on that. I, there's four majors. Like, I, I, you got to be ready. You got to be ready to roll by the first one. If no, you're gonna, oh, yeah, know. you got to be ready to roll. Yeah, no, but I, I just don't think that's how Cam's going to roll from now on. Like, he's going to try to just play well for like two or three months a year, not four or five months a year. That's why. That's part of the reason he went to live, right? Like, it's like you don't have to agree with it, but I think that's the way it's going to be. Um, I th- and I think Cam's someone who needs reps too. I think it was it was probably dishonest of him to say that he he was you know, getting as many reps mate as, as he was in prior years. He wasn't, <laughs> you know, both like tournaments and rounds per tournament. Um, I don't know. Other guys. Yeah. We can skip through Scheffler. Zan- like it's crazy that Scheffler putted as poorly as he did and, and, you know, finished T10 after the debacle on 12. That was nuts. Xander, whatever. Colin. Can I say what one thing I've been on the fence about for a while, but uh, I used to think this was a disaster. But if Xander can't want to go to live, that's fine. I, I don't care. I'm I'm good. Thank every you. time they came out, every Thank time they, somebody said a prisoner exchange. If we could trade Cantlay for Brooks, and that was that was one of the best I'm, tweets. I'm you, can, you can take it away, guys. I think the biggest surprise for me today was uh, Jason Day. Started listening to Michael Dublé, middle of the round, four four doubles, and then he finished with a birdie on uh, eighteen to shoot eighty, yeah. which is a tough, tough finish. Yeah, it was either that or Mickelson. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> biggest surprise. Jason Day almost got hypothermia yesterday, though. When he or well, at disappointment. Uh, I morning, Maybe I should he, use the word disappointment. He, uh, he almost he almost fell into a tributary of Ray's Creek this morning. I would have been awful. And then should, no, do, we have to, do we have to talk no, about the pro? Been a career ender. Yeah. I mean, the pro Hold had on. a tough uh, day. So, real quick, I think Sungjae wins one of these T16. Waco, T16, needed a T12 to get in next year. One guy at T16 that I'm really, really disappointed in, Shane Lowry. I thought Shane Lowry would have been a mutter for the ages in these conditions. Super hot take. How old's, how old's Waco? Like 24? You think yeah. he played his last Masters? No, because I think at some point he probably plays well in a British Open, or I don't know. He'll 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 qualify into a U.S. Open or a British Open and qualify back into the Masters. Okay. My other end of that would be I I this bold probably, but I don't think Liv's going to last forever, and yeah. uh, we'll probably reconvene in the competitive you know golf ecosystem uh, at some point. So uh, I don't think it's his last. DJ, I see where you're on, going at getting at there. Congrats on Team Thanks, Rose. Man. Yeah. T sixteen. Really. Really cool. Oh, cool. How cool was that hip thing he did when he when he uh, kind of hooped, yeah, hooped oh, that oh. that putt in? Disgusting <laughs> act. Yeah, dude, dude. The number of people that came at me on Twitter after that, you retweet, <laughs> you retweeted it, Sally. I'm sure you saw plenty of them. Re- 
of people. Humor's dead. Yeah, a lot of Canadians, especially people from New Brunswick, mm-hmm. coming at me just very furious of being a woke liberal snowflake. Things New of that Brunswick. What, uh, what, what? Yeah. For those that maybe maybe we are old, but yeah, it was clearly a Joe Buck quote from when Randy Moss fake mooned the crown in Green Bay, and he's what a disgusting act. Uh, that was that was the joke. I, I love this airing on our on our telecast here. This is disgusting. <laughs> disgusting act. Have you guys talked Sam Bennett yet? No, no. Seventy six, seventy four on the weekend. Does that surprise you? No, no. I mean that's not as much as the previous two rounds surprised, right? I mean, as a he finished T sixteen as an amateur, right. it's a Masters. I'd say massive shout out to him. I thought he represented himself well. This the the uh, you know the pre shot routine needs to we need to shorten that up. That's going to be super endearing when he turns pro. <laughs> We're going to have to tighten that. We're going to love tighten. that. Um, but overall, I thought I I don't think his quote on Friday held up well that Augusta was easier than Ridgewood. Uh, that was a bit of an own goal, but otherwise I thought he a big shout out to him. He played awesome. Can I put a pause on going down the leaderboard and go back up the leaderboard? Oh, I know we've mentioned gosh. him. Is this we've mentioned not, him, this but it's not coming against my time. Your, your time, time you've gone way over your way time. Over your yeah, time. your time is up. You could stay for this segment if you'd like, but we have not done proper justice for Phil fucking Mickelson yet. Yeah. 52 years old. Shot a 65 today and almost won the Masters. The only guy that beat him was John Rahm. Now, like he started the week like he was on one of Randy's silent retreats, like not saying a word to anyone at the Champions Dinner. How much more psychotic does that look now, knowing that he was holstering this? Or I don't know if he knew he had this. Uh, did not see this coming in any way. Nothing could have foretold this happening. He hasn't even played Augusta well for five, six, seven he years. He tried warning you. He I mean, said he was a, about to go on a tear. What a finish. I, I tried this warning is, you too, Solly. Also, low, did to, you? To birdie 17 and 18 is like, was just so cold-blooded. I thought that was like – it was awesome to watch. It was fucking awesome. He shot 31 on the back. He played his last 12 holes in, in, uh, in seven under par. He and Spieth shot a best ball 58 today. Didn't look like there was a whole lot of chatter between the two of them, by the way. But. Spieth and Phil beat the shit out of uh, Brooks and Woodland today. If we're doing four ball stuff, save that one for later, TC. I appreciate you stay with me on that block, though. But yeah, dude, it wasn't. Yeah, I, I don't feel ba- even remotely bad. So people were in my ass about not not calling this one coming for Phil. Hand up on this one. Did not see this one coming. Uh, again, like I said, he had T twenty one, T fifty five, T eighteen, T thirty six, T twenty two, and cut. Uh, since he was runner-up at the 2015 Masters. It's not really been close at Augusta. I know he's got an incredible record from 99 on, basically, but that has been over for a while. Didn't play last year. And what a weird Wikipedia look back this is going to be when we look back and see T2 at the 2023 Masters for him. And what's also something, too, he 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 had doubles in round one and two, and then he goes out and, and you know, plays seven through 11, four over par in round three. And then, like that's that's eight strokes right there. Do you, I, I hate to keep like I hate to keep coming back to this stuff, but it's so clearly like you know on top of everything. Like these guys coming back and getting a taste of this and like contending at a major championship. Like how fucking stupid does this make going and playing in Singapore or going and playing in at the Crooked Cat course feel right? Like does it? Do you think it like they can separate the two, or do you think it? it you don't like growing the game. Uh, no, I think I'm pretty anti-grow the game. I'm on record about that, Cody. Counterpoint, like, 
maybe I'm starting to see it through the lens of like, dude, these are the only things that matter. Like, I'd rather just go get my money the other 14 weeks and maybe I understand that slightly more than I once did. I can totally see the other side of the coin of the other dudes that want to be more competitive year round and compete on that circuit. But uh, again, I can't emphasize enough how different this golf is both in importance and actual test from what we see on the PGA tour. And it matters at a totally different level and it's a totally separate conversation. This is why I think you see like you Brooks, you see P like they're, they're just competitors, man. Like they're when they're going to show up to majors, they're going to grind it out. It doesn't matter what else they do. I think a lot of the other guys that like went to live who don't have that or never really experienced that. They're truly just gone. Like Matthew Wolf gone, never to be seen again. Yeah. Jocko, who knows? That was a great question that you brought up Deej because he could very well be in that boat. He's still luckily like top 30 in the world, but for how long? I think there's, there's, there's a certain segment of like, you had to get a taste of it before you went in order there. And then I think also, um, it's a really interesting thing to where a guy like Phil or a guy like Brooks, like them not psyching themselves out for an opportunity like this versus Rory who gets these opportunities and is around all year. And then, you know, kind of freaks himself out seemingly during something like this. It's makes me respect Brooks and Phil a little bit more for, you know what? Like they have limited opportunities and they have limited times and, and, they're thinking about this constantly, even when they're not doing it and they make the most of it. And that's, I don't know, like it sucks. Cause I think that's a, kind of a tough look for Rory. It's like, this probably means more for these guys at this point, And yet they're the ones stepping up to the plate. I think as we're sitting here right now, really tough look for Rory. I'll, I'll be keen to reevaluate when we get to the end of major championship season. Right. I don't want to overreact to just one major. Obviously it's an enormous, enormous disappointment for him, but um it, uh, it, I don't, I don't want to say either way that it's super. I totally agree with the take that like, this is probably going to be a little harder for the live guys at other majors than it is the masters. Agreed. I, I really, I can see that hundred bigger fields and uh different kind of tests than this can be. Um, again, I don't mean to diminish this at all. I, I think it, they were projected to have 11 and a half of their guys make the cut. They had 12 guys make the cut. I think it was pretty. And I think, Better performance at the top of the leaderboard than I would have expected for sure. I'm definitely hand up on that one, but uh, we'll see how it goes in the next one. I think it was an objectively bad performance for Liv because the guys that needed to finish top 12 didn't to like yeah. get into you know next year's Masters. But I think subjectively it was a good performance for Liv with Brooks, yep. Phil, Pat, P, you know things of that nature. Anything else you want to uh, you you want to get out here, uh, TC? Yeah, yeah, you know, real quick. Um, I thought we were going to have a Keegan Team Rose celebration there. Uh, Keegan p- kind of petered out. Chris Kirk, good week. Um, I'll go back. I think Sung J M is going to win one of these things. Props to Scott Stallings. Let me, let me try that again, TC. Yeah, any TC, any one final thing before TC, you uh, before you go I, I, here? You know, parting thoughts on Sung J M <laughs> and Justin in, Rose. You brought Come me on. in to go down the leaderboard. All right. Oh, uh, I, oh, and we have, and we Tommy have. Tommy Fleetwood, seventy four, seventy four on the weekend. Hand up. We're not back yet. We're gonna be back, but we're not back yet. I apologize to you guys. Will you guys all apologize okay. to me? I didn't. I didn't Will you guys? I need all I of you guys to apologize to me though. for shooting me down when I said Patrick Reed was gonna have a good week. Yeah, I apologize. I will apologize. I was the. I was the lead protagonist yeah, in shooting you. you down. I apologize for that. Yeah. So, okay. uh, but I didn't pimp him this week. Um, you know, I think Big I'm disappointed you. in Thank Adam you. Scott, 77, 74. 
Uh, we talked about the pro. Harris English, I thought Did he was we talk about the pro? T43. We haven't really talked pro, about the pro. Tough. I don't think there's that. That's Max I mean, Homa for he, those. If he's a new. mutter. He's a mutter. And then the conditions got good. And, and yeah, I mean, I think, listen, his, he's a top five player in the world now. His expectations are much better than T43 at the Masters. I think he would tell you the same. By that measure, very, very, very disappointing week, especially leaves an awful taste. 78 on the Sunday is a just really awful, awful taste in the mouth. So I don't know, man. That's it's kind of the uh it's kind of the one thing. Like you can talk to him, you can listen to any interview he does. Like that is the thing that's on his mind. Like, I fucking hear you. I know I haven't been good at majors. We're working on it. And uh for him to kind of spit the bit in this way, it was probably very frustrating for him and frustrating for this man. didn't feel like a normal major though, right? Well, it felt like this week was gonna be different, right? It felt like it was the first one since he's kind of made what the leap that he's made and uh still monitoring the situation. I don't think it's I don't think it's it's we're no. you know, we're not past the buying in a big way for LACC. It, it was tough to see Max uh it, when the leaders were standing on two T. Uh it was tough to see Max and Hatton standing in the background, uh <laughs> making the the turn from yeah. teeing off on ten. It's like ooh. I didn't realize it. Yeah, I, didn't I think Max off is, that late. I think Max will play well, play well at Oak Hill, and then LACC is going to be a dream for him. So, uh, last, last things last, did Keith Mitchell beat uh, McDermott today? Oh no, don't Good know. Question. I can ask him. So, well, I will ask, Mr. Him right TC. Now. Thank you. It's that was a light. tremendous That's segment, all I got, guys. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much, TC. Have a wonderful Sunday night. We will uh, we'll catch up with you later. Cheers. God, I look as old as freaking Scotty Scheffler after that segment. <laughs> <laughs> the little the game plan there was to keep it concise, and uh, we got some some workshopping to do with that segment. That was great. There's a lot to talk about. There was a lot to talk about. Why don't we do our coldest moment of the week, uh, presented by our friends at Yeti. The Rambler 18-ounce bottle is your must-have cold-holding drinking vessel that should be immediately added to your bag this tough bottle is double wall vacuum insulated to keep your water ice cold until the last sip. Dishwasher safe for easy cleaning and comes standard with the chug cap lid, the shatter resistant drinking spout that allows for easy pulls on the go. Neil, I'm going to give it to you first. Who is your, what is your uh, Yeti coldest moment of the week? My coldest moment of the week is Phil fucking Mickelson pouring in that putt on 18, wearing a black t shirt. Dressed as a, a you know semi-pro football coach, wearing like what is objectively like awful glasses, especially in his gaunt state. Like he just looks like a cartoon character. And after you know, it's all day. It's like God, look at all we're talking about: Spieth, Spieth, Spieth making this charge. He pours in this birdie to beat Spieth and be the clubhouse leader. That was the coldest thing I think I've one of the coldest things I've ever seen at Augusta National. Uh, that putt was unbelievable to finish birdie, birdie. On Sunday at 52 years old, I, I can't overstate how impressive that round of golf was, and that putt was just the truly the cherry on top. I think this Phil performance like needs its own podcast. Like I'm not ready to talk about it tonight. I haven't fully digested it all. I'm gonna need. I, I so much respect for him just wearing a t-shirt. It was a great. A uh, couple different things came to mind. Great, like dad out on a Saturday getting coffee and running errands outfit. It was a great like middle school traveling baseball coach like traveling team baseball coach outfit. It was just, there's a lot of stuff. I, I thought, you know what, Neil? I thought this was kind of one of his better looks. 
compared to some yeah, of the, no, the look, the, the look vibes. is great. I love the all black and the t-shirt and everything. It's just the, 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 the gas station sunglasses is where I, I and he, he just wears them everywhere. It's like, I don't think the style looks that good for him. Just for him specifically. I have no issue with the style of glasses, but with the, I mean, he's very, you know, gaunt, and the glasses are almost taking up his whole face now. Sure. It looks like it's what Rom was wearing at Wimbledon. <laughs> it starts to look a little fear and loathing, like that guy. The, a little bit, cover. yes. Yeah. That's a good Age. one. Uh, I'm going to give mine to, uh, you know, a guy that I think just had a, a hell of a day, uh, Jim Nance, who uh, <laughs> just absolute savage. If you didn't catch it in the morning telecast, this was, I don't know, probably this was when uh, Rom and Kepka got to 15. And Kepka drove it, uh, you know, it was very clear. Nance had been working on this one for a while. And he goes, <laughs> oh, there's Brooks. Uh, oh, and he's, he's right there on the CW, the crosswalk. <laughs> <laughs> and it was. No, he said, and there he is on the CW, the crosswalk. So good. Yeah. Uh, just absolutely one, one of my favorite moments. And then, so that was, that was my coldest moment of the week. Uh, and then I thought the. Uh, the Spanish word he pulled out at the end was also was also great. That was almost my warmest moment of the week where he's he's you know, there's a there's a word in Spanish that means a man who has magnetism. And I don't even remember what the word was, but he's just pulling out his his English to Spanish dictionary. And I just, thought he was gonna start hitting us with phrases like, oh, you know, he drops a putt por supuesto, <laughs> you know, or like, gay ridiculous like, see <laughs> he's just he's the best he's uh it's amazing how much how much more enjoyable the the nance experience is when uh cbs is showing golf shots and and you're complaining a lot less about going to commercial every 35 seconds i should have been prepared for this neil you stole mine as uh phil being the coldest moment of the week i was kind of going for the angle of uh Literally being cold at the champions dinner and not talking to anyone is is quite literally uh, a good one. one of the coldest fucking moves you can pull. But I'll I'll throw in a bonus one of uh, Trevor Emmelman, our guy, uh, referring to Patrick Cantlay's tools uh, in you know on a Masters broadcast for that joke to have made it all the way into the mainstream after one of his interviews. That was uh, that was cold. He certainly has all the tools to contend. <laughs> And shout out to Immelman just in general, man. First, first, yeah, Masters. great showing, yeah. really nice, really good. I thought great work. You got well, there's a lot some chatter in our privately in our chats about this being a, a bad Masters, and I, I wasn't feeling it even up to today. I know the weather was 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 shitty and all that, but this I, this is a great golf tournament. I was uh, pleasantly surprised um, with how Augusta played in general. I think I was kind of expressed a little bit of dismay at how Augusta has grown up and how it's evolved and, um, you know, kind of taking some thought out of it. Didn't experience a lot of that. That was, uh, you know, I'm not going to, it was, it was a bad take. I, I was, I was too cool coming into this week on Augusta and I thought it played a lot of different uh, ways. I think, still think there's some tweaks that I would like to see different, but it was really freaking good challenge, really fun elements, really good excitement, good balance, tests of uh, of risk reward and good lines of good shot bad shots being rewarded and punished and uh it was a, a fantastic fantastic golf tournament to tie the bow on that i would say it was it was saved by an awesome sunday right like the stops and starts on friday and saturday are just tough and that's that's you know the true rub of the green weather situation so nobody's fault the other thing i would tie a bow on is uh, i thought 13 played awesome like down the stretch today we got a lot of guys going for it trying to hit you know i had like have to go for it here rom's drive there oh. was so and it was rewarded and just i, I thought it, the whole played as as we you know have wanted it to and that was cool to see totally agree 
as long as you could keep your you know keep your eye on the pot of gold at the at the end of the week and just every time you looked at the leaderboard you're like okay it's it sucks right now it sucks that it's raining outside but like it's going to be freaking awesome and i thought it was today was one of my favorite sundays i thought in in a while i, I loved it i will also say um if i can shoehorn in a lot of things we've talked about and i promise i'll make this part brief because it's not everyone's favorite topic but the weather change between Thursday to whatever we got, like Friday, Saturday, that's what the rollback looks like. And all of a sudden, we got into Brooks and Kepka having four and five iron battles hitting up the hill on 18. Uh, and that was a lot more interesting than watching them hit nine irons and wedges into greens. And uh, Brooks got to hit nine iron into uh, the green on Friday when he finished his round two. And Morikawa was hitting wood by the time he hits into it. And one of, the, one of those is a lot more interesting. And I, I would... I would agree with you, per, like person, like I co-signed that. But as a, I bet every casual fan that tuned in for the Masters, like they do every year, was like, "Oh my god, that's boring." They're just hitting into the middle of the green and like two putting. Like we, we think that's really interesting. But what is probably more interesting to a casual fan is Brooks flagging wedges, right, and Rom stuffing the pinata. And so I think there is an argument there of like that is. That is what I want to see, and it's what you want to see. But I wonder if it's what uh, the casual golf fan that watched the Masters is, is looking for. I totally agree with you. I think if you port me into another dimension and, you know, the one where where Rom and Kepka are both hitting wedges in and they both hit it to three feet and make birdies, I'm probably a lot more excited in that in that dimension than I would in the one where they're, you know, missing the greens and getting up and down and, and doing all that. But I think the beauty of this is the ability to like flex tees in the future and like hit the sweet spot of that. Right. Where it's like, you can have it like both things are true, right? 13. That's kind of what the world looks like with a rolled back ball too. Like 13 played awesome. It was, it was so fun, but also like if you can move the tees up and, you know, manufacture the good wedge spots and the good long iron spots and all that, just like hit the balance, I think is, is kind of where we're hopefully headed for. But that's what I, I also, like Neil, I agree with you, Solly. Um, like, I think that's a much, much better test. I think it is just kind of a hard sell to like, wasn't that sick? Like how they both missed the green. That was awesome. Did you see that four iron he cut into that hole and hit it to 25 feet? But the point of that is there's still, there are those moments, right? You have 16, which is, you know, this is going to be the, the short to mid iron test that everyone's got the chance to hit close and same with 12 and you have the third hole and you have these par fives, you know, like there is, um, the problem is when the holes that are meant to be, you know, kind of these separator tests. And if everyone is hitting it close and like hitting like kind of the same shots, it, it gets pretty boring. Even casual fans can, can, can quickly adapt to like, you know, there's not much risk in this. This is not, uh, you know, if everyone's stuffing it here, that's kind of boring or has the same kind of 160 yard shot. So, um, I think watching them navigate all the pressure and the tense moments and like giving the top talent a chance to separate at the top creates more drama than just like a bunched, you know, I'm, I'm kind of being, it's a reductive argument. I know, but I'm just saying like, this was, this was a little preview of that, I think. And I, I also think like at the end of the day, the, the better ball striker won, which on the, on the macro level is, is proving your point too. Yeah. And it's like that. If you look at like Rom's, like where he gains his strokes with approaches, Man, rollback is going to be really, really, really good for John Rom. Like it's gonna, yeah. it is gonna identify things. Um, what else you guys got? I, I would like to talk about Butler Cabin for just a second. Uh, it's something that I I look forward to every year. I, I think it's because I'm a big fan of like awkward humor, 
and I find it to be a very awkward thing that uh, awkward tradition in a way that just the, the uh, decor of Butler cabin, the like random um, plants that they have kind of strewn about the uh, older wood, uh, the pictures on the wall that are framed perfectly when they zoom in on the, uh, the champion and, and the low amateur and, and just uh, like it, it honestly, it's it's really a stage for Jim Nance to show what a pro he is because it's so awkward. The, the way he's able to uh, run point on that situation, like I feel like I'm free soloing in that situation. Like, oh, oh my God, something awkward is going to happen. This is very, very weird. The way the chairs are set up, like I don't know why they do it that way. And it makes me feel very awkward. And I'm curious if you guys have a similar feeling to that whole tradition. A hundred percent. It feels like watching a Nathan Fielder uh, setup, except you're except you're dropping like Nance into it. Into except the, it's Nathan one thousand percent sincere. Yeah, but it, like it's like, kind of like move to the edge of the seat of like here we go. This is gonna be awkward. <laughs> like I want to watch this. Like here we totally. go. Totally. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I love I, it for the reason that it's like a, a weird tradition for. Some and the reason. way they ask like the amateur to like clear the stage, like just okay get yo you get the fuck out of here like yeah. off camera now like every all the decisions just baffle me i'm like what are we what are we doing they used to finish it though like after they would do the montage it would come back to like a zoomed in shot on the guy that won it's like smile and look at the camera and that's how the telecast would end and i was like waiting like, i don't know the when they stopped that face yeah i don't know when they stopped that but uh they stopped and they're kind of putting the champion in an awkward position like they've got hat hair like you know rom's got the frizzle going and he's like there's usually they have like a weird hat tan but now they're sitting inside and the, i think the lighting's a little off it's very very bright so it's like it, it almost looks like they're in an interrogation room of some kind and and you know it's nant it's like a very and god i mean you know ridley's got the best freaking quaff in the in the world so you got these sweaty guys sitting on this side and these dapper guys sitting on this side it's just a everything about it just kind of baffles me you know, Neil, I, I didn't want to bring it up, but you, you really you really touched on it. Do we need to do something about Rom's hair or do we feel okay about it? <laughs> I mean, it just it feels so stuck between and, and I, I hate it for my guys. As guy. a couple of guys with, with you know a curly hair. Speaking I, from experience, like, oh God, I've I'm seeing this on camera. I'm like, brother, I'll show you some eighth grade photos. Like, I yeah. have been there. I know what that feels but like. But he keeps it so tight on the sides, and then you can yeah. tell he takes his hat off and he's always like, you know, messing with it. It, like right when he's doing the handshake at, on 18 and it's like, well, at least man, maybe just take it all down short or keep it all long and we can get it kind of get the, the hair going back with the hat hair. I don't know. I think we're stuck in between Deej. I'm with you. Uh, Solly, before we came on, Neil and I were, were floating the idea of if Rom wins a grand slam, I think we might have to both do the super long curls <laughs> on top, super tight on the sides. I'll do it too. I got curly hair too. <laughs> yeah. I think that would be, I think that'd be a touching touching trivia or maybe until he loses a major he's got he's got to keep it going Ollie, i need your take on butler cabin i, I hear dj's what what how do you That's feel what I said. It's like i moved to the edge of my seat like excited to watch the awkwardness of it i mean it's just it's a weird flow with like kind of ridley turning it over to or nance turning it over to ridley to run the interview but i i i am i'm very sentimental about like the green jacket part like i freaking love the very binary question of like, do you have a green jacket or do you not, right? And sure. so I, I love the ceremonial part of it, like the the crowning of it. I was soaking up the, the moment from Rom finishing out, the way they've done it the last few years of like following uh, the winner through that walk through there as they walk with their family or whatever their reactions are to this life-changing moment that they've worked their whole life for. 
I'm in on all of that. Like I, I, I made sure I was like, we're not going live right after the the final putt today. Like, we got to cat, we got to get the whole Masters experience because we got to wait a whole another year before it comes back. And that's another good point is the uh, the walk from 18 green to the to scoring. Like it's just an opportunity to be like, who the fuck's this guy? Yeah, why is he hugging that? Who like you're just wondering like all the people they're hugging. You're like, I don't who the fuck, this guy. Oh, it doesn't look like he really likes that guy. You know, like <laughs> ah, I don't know. That looks like a family friend that is just kind of maybe staying in the house. The people like who are just, way more excited the, to see him than he is to see them. Yeah, like you're doing the equation. Oh, that guy didn't know if he should dap or she or should he hug. Like it, it, it's great, great theater for sure. Yeah. Yeah, the moment with Jose Maria was was really good. I'm I'm kind of disappointed all the PGA Tour guys weren't waiting greenside to have a party on the 18th green, though. All right, I got some some in case people were not following the show throughout the course of the week. I got some some bookending bookended thoughts on uh, on something that almost happened this week that I think would have been a pretty freaking big disaster. That I'm kind of surprised that a lot of people aren't more worked up about. I'm hoping by the end of this, you guys will join me in getting a little worked up about, but. Uh, for those that missed this on Thursday, there was very clear video that was surfaced of uh, Brooks, uh, Brooks's caddy, Ricky Elliott, saying to Gary Woodland, uh, Gary Woodland's caddy, Brennan Little, uh, after they'd hit their shot in a 15 green, they said clearly five out loud, as in we just hit five iron. Ricky uh, said it basically twice, and Brooks motioned with a big open fist five with his glove. Uh, that is a, a rules violation. I know it's kind of default uh, answer for, for a lot of people is that um, this happens all the time. You know, people look in people's bags, all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. I'm asking for the sake of this conversation that I get thrown out, right? Because what happened was there was overwhelming evidence, video evidence, blatant evidence that they broke a rule, right? He said it out loud twice and Brooks opened up his hand. That happened and that is a rules violation. Now, what happened was the rules officials came to them and asked them about it. And when they told their story, they lied, right? Like it's whatever they said is a lie because we saw clearly what happened. There's no spotter out there. They are clearly communicating this. And again, the only fallback is like, oh yeah, this stuff happens everywhere, blah, blah, blah. Doesn't matter. Rules official came and said, what happened here? Uh, this is where we get into the C word category because golf is not like other sports in football. Like if you get away with a passive pass interference, like it's not on you to make the call. Like in basketball, if it bounces off your leg, but you get the call, you don't go running up to inform the ref like that you flip the other way. This is not a sport where there's a referee that can watch everything that's going on and rule on things. Like it is up to you to be honest about things that have happened, right? So did I expect them to walk off the course and self-report this happening? No, but when caught on video doing it, when asked about it, uh, to tell a lie is a pretty big fucking deal, I think. And not, I don't think a lot of people really caught on. They got asked back a second time. A second time when the video surfaced of Brooks making the open-fisted five and Brooks saying, like, oh, I don't know what I was supposed to do. Like, that's am I supposed to take my glove off with a closed fist? And yet there's videos out there on Twitter today of Brooks taking off his glove in a very different fashion than when he was flashing the five. I don't care what people think of the rule. It was, it was broken. It was violated. And when asked about it and to tell their story, these guys lied about it. And it could have resulted in Brooks Kepka beat that margin, him winning a green jacket, like the, one of the most coveted things in golf. And I'm I'm still quite surprised that people aren't more worked up about it. And I'm curious if me getting this worked up about it has either of you guys slightly more worked up about it. I mean, you're you're kind of on the Samuel L. Jackson from a time to kill spe side of the spectrum. Yes, yes they, they deserve, they deserve it. it. I, I, I hope, hope they, they burn, burn in hell. hell. And and I'm not quite there. I, I saw a comment come through. Uh, it's kind of like when you get caught for speeding and yeah, everybody does it. But like, if you get got, you get got. So I, yeah, I think it's bullshit and it sucks like, if they lied about it, but I'm also like, 
you know, we're on to heritage, I guess. We are, but why are you? Why would we like a, about a green jacket potentially being decided on it? Why is that a shoulder shrug? Like I, that's why I'm worked up. Because we have no control over it, right? That's why I'm a shoulder shrug. I I agree with you on a lot of this, but it's like they that the the jackets are running their tournament, man. That if that's and if that's how the rule works, like if they if they are gonna, you know, if they have their stories, you know, dialed. And that, yeah, that sucks. I mean, if that's the case, that sucks. I think for me, I, I'm very much, I'm, I'm, do I think they lied? Yes. Do I think they broke a rule? Yes. Am I worked up that they didn't get penalized? Not really. And I think it's probably because we're not talking about Brooks, like improving his lie and lying about it. We're not talking about him signing for the wrong score and lying about it. We're not talking about him, him even getting advice and lying about it. We're not talking about, we're talking about his caddy telling another caddy what club he hit and Brooks which doesn't too. which doesn't impact Brooks's score which impacts Gary Woodland's score maybe a little bit which I don't really care about either and it's just I think that's where I'm kind of like Sully I respect you immensely for for the energy to to put into that but I'm like ah it's a long week man I, I just I don't have it for I don't have it for this yeah I guess that's well said Deej it, it's kind of the um the it's situation of it is not it's not uh i don't know you st- yeah you still got to hit the shot i agree with you though it's like yeah that's you know it's not classy uh, yeah he did he did lie and he I, I think he did break the rule and i think like yes i'm i'm with you on all that stuff but hey man if they chose not to do it like i i don't i don't know what to tell you they chose not to do it well that's where it chose not to do it is you could, they're hamstrung right by the intent based nature of it right if they lie and say no we didn't do this Right. Can they go? I don't know. Can they go penalize them and say like, yo, video says you did it. Like we're still penalizing you. That's where the, the integrity of golf comes in right there of like, yeah, are you really lying about flashing five and saying out loud five to the other caddy? You can think whatever you think about the rule and you can think whatever about the scale of the penalty or whatever it is, but that's how it's written. And everyone else is, is playing by that in theory. That's always going to be a part of golf, right? That it, it does come down to like, some people are willing to lie and some people aren't. And some people get away with shit like that, and some people don't. Like, we've seen it before. We're going to see it again. I think that's kind of what makes it somewhat cool about golf. That It's a very unique part of the sport. Um, it, I agree, but I think that's what's very not cool about this happening, right? No, of <laughs> course. I get. I, I know, but I'm just kind of at the point where, like, I'm, I'm, I'm at peace with it. Of, like, yeah, I think I, I'm kind of glad it got the attention that it did. Uh, but there's not much else you can do about it. And And – 100% support your decision if if this makes you look at Brooks differently and say fuck this guy I'll never root for this guy again. Totally with you. I I I get it. It clouded I, my enjoyment of watching him play this week. Yeah. Live had nothing to do with any rooting instincts, but I did not want him to win by one or two. I that was the only result I did not want to happen. I I think that's totally fair. So, anyways, that's the last thing I'm worked up about. What uh anything else we uh, have not discussed this week? I'm going to be watching you boys next time we go out filming tour sauce. There better not be any peeking going on in anybody else's bag. I'm going to call this not, in. That's peaking not fine. That's, that's not disallowed. So that's not that. illegal. Also, so that's fucking stupid. club advice is a two-stroke penalty. Yes. We we know this personally. Did Gary also, did Gary turn around and say what's the club? No, but he's part of the team. Caddy's an extension Caddy of the player. Caddy's an extension yeah, of the player. Listen, I'm just trying to to play the side of it here. Here, I also think you're playing their out. side. What's your reaction? I mean, it's horseshit. You're honest. There wasn't a spotter right. out there. They're clearly telling uh, Woodland's caddy what club it was. 
Obviously, yeah. he probably he was not going to hit the same club, but it, whatever. The more information you have, the better off it is. Just listen. Sure. As the people know, this is on my this is on my rap sheet. I was. Okay? Like, I've, I've I've been I've been penalized for this shit. Okay. I guess yeah, I don't know. It, it just I I Ricky also did it today on twelve T. Yes, dude. That's exactly what I was just about like to say. Turned, turned like, around. Dude, and I was watching back. the whole time, and the caddy's, you know, looking at the TV spotter, flashing an eight, flashing a three, flashing a four. And it's like I'm not saying it's a technicality, but it's a technicality. Like it's fucking going on on every tee box, man. Like I just don't care. I don't give a shit. But flashing a spotter is I way different it. than telling I the other it. guy. Sure, it I is. Sure, it really I get, is. You're, sure. you're worked up about the lying. I get that. Yeah. That's that's fair but maybe the maybe the rule needs to be adjusted somehow i don't know i, I don't know what the you know that that's for somebody else in the back room at the usga to figure out we gotta we gotta litigate rom's hair we gotta talk about the <laughs> we gotta talk about butler cabin well, we yeah. gotta talk with a lot of, just, lot of other stuff that all, I'm this, all this about. shit on me man i can't monitor all this shit yeah sorry sorry i care about the the final score of the of the sporting event that and we, we were salute watching. you for that <laughs> we salute you for that you, we need you on that wall what would have happened if this was reed what would the what would your reaction have been if it was reed Oh, you know, I'd like to course. say the same again. It's like, do I feel like what I don't want to do is put this in the same category, even though black and white, when you write it out, it probably is the same category. What I don't want to put this do is put this in the same category as like read in the Bahamas or read a Tory Pines or read in any number of other situations, because those <laughs> all feel the locker so room at UGA fucking different to me, where it's just like this is a player like impacting his own game with his own hands with his own bending of the rules all of these things like him telling gary woodland what club he hit like i don't fucking care i don't think that affected brooks's week at the masters or sacrifices the integrity of our great championship okay agree to disagree i think it's worse because it's a major and that's right? fine it's a way bigger deal. that's fine <laughs> what else we got anything else we missed cody uh tiger woods wd obviously oh yeah that was we we said that last night. I mean the the limp. Oh, see, Jason Day said uh, at the PGA last year. Again, this could be a Bill McAtee really situation, but uh, that when Tiger withdrew at the PGA last year is because a screw in his foot had broken through his skin. Jesus, yikes! I again Whoa. don't don't. That, I, my reaction to that is really. I, I don't I know if that heard, is, had not heard that. Yeah. I, the only surprise I had was that. I didn't realize Tiger was struggling with plantar fasciitis. I, th I thought it was the like steel and titanium and, you know, the fake leg that he has. I guess that, that was kind of news to me that that's why he was limping. Per Tiger. That, that, yeah. Again, that for Tiger's report, he has withdrawn due to plantar fasciitis. Yeah. We, and, and not the steel leg. <laughs> I've said this a couple of times, and maybe it's just the people who I surround myself with and I support, like, on the, the golf scene. But if, say, Tiger did choose and i know people are like oh my god how can you say this but if tiger chose to amputate his leg he would be a much further off individual quality of life wise than he is right now and i know that that is hard to comprehend but i i play golf with adaptive golfers all the time like they, they have outside of of sore spots and burns and everything else like that it is not nearly the amount of pain and effort that tiger goes through on a daily basis do you think that? It, do you think he could still play high level golf? Hundred percent. You've seen these guys. Yes. It's Tiger. No, I know, but woods. like he's not swinging with his legs like, now anyway. Well, yeah, I guess you're right. I'm just wondering how long it would. He'd have to probably change the way he swings it, though. Of course, I, I guess he already has. He's had to do that anyway. He's done that a million times. Yeah. What if he huh, could? That's it? an interesting thing. I never thought about it that way. 
Should have talked to Cantley about backing that screw out too. Yeah. A... Probably got a drill driver. You could have lent him. I think it's stripped in there now. I yeah, it's really definitely stri- stripped. Now he's now we're fucked. <laughs> I I've wondered the same thing, Cody. I don't know shit about that nearly as much as you probably would, but I've I've wondered what the what that bottom half of that leg ser- uh, purpose is serving at this point. One it's other not, not to move on. You guys got anything else on Tiger? I mean, I hope it's not too bad. I, I, I don't know what his decision is going to be for Oak Hill. I'm sure that he's the next one that he's circling is LACC. Yeah, I don't think he should play the PGA. Yeah. I'm down with him showing up, playing, like, see what's there, right? And maybe you get good weather. He's had really shitty luck with weather uh, in the majors that he has played, all the events he's played, basically. But go see what you got. And if you make the cut even right on the number and you want to withdraw for the weekend, I'm still totally fine with that. Totally. You are a one of one category in all of this. Uh, I don't care whose spot you're taking in the PGA. If you withdraw after three shots, I really don't care. You provide something totally different to the game that no one else can. And go see what you got. And if it's there, you can, you know, finish whatever and get some kind of gratification out of it. And it's not there, withdraw and without any shame. Here, That's here. How I, feel. I totally agree. Well, the only thing, one more thing I was burning on, I tweeted it earlier. I felt like I was robbed a little bit uh, just of outfit commentary. I was really bummed. I I feel bad for all the brands, the brands out there. All the scripting got nuked. I'm actually shocked that a lot of these guys, like the first thing I would have done after I signed my card was go to the locker room, take a shower and change my, my clothes and just get a fresh set of clothes on new socks new shirt like i i can't believe a lot of those guys played in the same clothes it just seems like at that level you'd want to get super fresh i think they had to get back out really quick so they had to max yeah, out i know but i would feeling. i would let that cut into my routine my my warm-up i mean they had time to warm up like i just kind of baffled me that they didn't and and, and that's more selfish so i could make fun of their outfits but at the same time i'd want to be fresh it was cold and shitty in the morning it just feels like you'd want to go take a hot shower and and regroup i don't think we really talked about uh after day one the like exploding watermelon shirt that hovland was wearing he shook off the catcher in uh in day two went away from his scripting and was like no i'm just wearing something very plain the quarter zip he put on today was among the worst we've seen the, the block <laughs> yeah, it didn't, patterns it didn't get better it was a, a no he still threw the wrong pitch but he did yeah. shake off the catcher long foul ball maybe subconsciously affects how i feel about him not being a threat in majors like i, I was like all right you're not winning the masters wearing that pullover like, just that's can't just not gonna it, it's not allowed it's not gonna the jackets won't allow it a, a couple of good comments by sam bennett about how good nil money actually is for him but unfortunately he couldn't get any outerwear that had his nil logos on it was tough 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 to see for him and then thomas peters i guess like snapped his driver sometime in the front nine today uh, was just spraying it all over the place. Played the entire back nine with three wood only. Hit every fairway. Yeah, he threw he threw it away. He put it in the trash can, yeah. I believe. Right on the when he turned onto number. I assume he started on the back yeah. when he turned over on a number one. So sick. Deeds, what do we got coming up this week, video wise? Uh, we got if if you're looking to watch some more high level golf, got a film room from the Gasparilla. We're gonna follow Solly uh, throughout his uh, second round at the Gasparilla. So uh, look for that on our youtube channel sometime this with week with justin with justin huber on the bag with justin huber on the bag yes live show uh after the rbc heritage designated event coming up this week uh i'm gonna take some time to decompress this week i don't know about you guys but i'm gonna get gonna get away from the action from a little bit for a little bit this week um and then what we got going in the pro shop neil i would just say you know if you if it, it, take a spin through there it golf season's upon us 
Uh, time to get your scripting dialed as we've been discussing other scripting. We got a lot of good stuff in the pro shop. Uh, we appreciate the support. Uh, it's been a long week. So go, you know, go buy a fucking t-shirt. Huh? Why don't you go buy a hat? Huh? Throw us a bone. Maybe become a Nest member. I don't know. Where could they do that? They can do that at store.nolayingup.com. And Nest members get 15% off. You can join the Nest at nolayingup.com forward slash join. That's all I got. And if you don't, and listen, there's a lot. This is our most downloaded week of the year. If you are a new listener or an old listener, if you want to swing by the app store and throw us some some five star ratings and a nice review, that would be wonderful. Instead of you know, everyone that just yells at us for being live haters in, in our comments anymore, that would be greatly appreciated. So thumbs up on YouTube. Let's do all of it. Smash that subscribe button. What else can we promote, guys? <laughs> just a, a thank you to everybody for tuning in, man. It's a long Seriously. week. A lot of lot of viewers, a lot of listeners, a lot of fun back and forth. A lot of. Uh, it's like the best week of the year. I, I had a blast. So good being with you guys. Solly, thanks for keeping it on the rails. Cody, thanks for for running all the production. Neil, great to be with you. And DJ, I, I usually say this is Solly, but thank you for all you oh. do for the game. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate that. I uh, yeah, thanks to all our guests that, that popped on as well, and uh, yeah, probably record number of of live listeners that we've had. This is, these are a blast to do, and uh, we greatly appreciate High Noon for bringing it to us, Titleist, Yeti, um, who else? Cisco for down the leaderboard. Can't believe how that worked out. Um, we greatly appreciate that them for that one, and uh, and yeah, all listeners, everyone being involved. We greatly appreciate it. Cody. Thanks for running the ones and twos. We'll see you back here for Heritage Recap on Sunday. Everybody, how many, how many pods we do this week, guys? Five. That's how many? Six. Thank you. Oh, six. What was it? <laughs> choke, <laughs> choke, choke up. Choked up five. <laughs> choke, choke, five. Choke, choke, five. Cheers. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! Expect 